All right, welcome back to the millionth show. My name is James, and I'm joined once again by Henry. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm. Uh, I actually just finished uh, watching this film about five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> be interested to. Uh, I mean, I've never seen it before. Just to clarify, and uh, heard a lot yeah. about it, but nothing too specific. Just you know, people's general opinions. But um, I'd be interested to hear what you got to say about it. Yeah. So obviously. We're talking about Batman Returns, 1992. This is obviously directed by Tim Burton, starring Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken. Pretty star-studded cast, actually. Music, once again, by Danny Elfman, and released in 1992, obviously. So, uh, runtime of two hours, six minutes, exactly the same as the 1989 Batman film. So, like you said, Henry, this is the first time you actually watched this film this is the second time i watched it i, I saw it for the first time a few weeks ago or f- a few months ago and then uh, i rewatched it yesterday last night so what so as someone that's just seen this for the first time literally just now what is your like straight away your reaction to this film i mean what had you specifically heard about it and then what are your feelings on it right now just well, I feel, just yeah well i feel that like i've heard a lot of people kind of slag slate this film and slag it off and I can kind of see why they would, but at the same time, I don't think it deserves as much hate as it gets. I mean, then again, I haven't heard that many people talk about this film before, probably because they mainly talk about the 1989 Batman film. I feel this one is overshadowed a bit, which is fair enough, but uh, given you know how good the previous one is. But I don't think it's like uh, a complete write-off, so to say. I mean, it's... I think it's more. I think it's more Tim Burton. Like uh, it's like they let him off the leash for this one, um, yeah. and maybe you know without without Jack Nicholson, some people maybe you know they didn't they weren't feeling it perhaps. Although I don't know. I think the like the uh, villains cast in this is actually pretty good, and um, because actually there isn't you know Joker and Jack Nicholson in this, it feels that you know Michael Keaton's able to be Bruce Wayne and Batman a bit more on screen, which is sort of my like slight gripe with 1989 the fact you barely get to see him i to be honest i hadn't really I, obviously i only watched this film for the first time a few months ago so it's not a film I've, i heard much about or i you know knew of anyone talking about it was just sort of uh, yeah it's the sequel and like you say yeah for me batman everyone knows about the batman 1989 but this one was a little yeah like you say kind of more in its shadow and um and yeah, I watched it, and my first thoughts was just it's a strange film, <laughs> you know. It was yeah, like, it certainly is. I mean, I, but I like it. I don't. I don't think it's a bad film at all. I think it's it's a good, it's a good film with good acting, and it's interesting. I, I don't know if I, I I love it or anything like that. It's got some, like I say, it's a strange film. It's, and like I say, it's full Burton. This is a film where it's like, this is as much as I love Tim Burton, and I thank him from the bottom of my heart for what he did in Batman 1989. This film is like, this is just raw Tim Burton, and I kind of understand why Warner Brothers didn't call him back to make the third and fourth film. You know, it works for some people. I think Tim Burton's one of those with a very much a, a cult following, um, and I think, yeah, obviously Batman 1989 was such a bigger scale film in a sense, so that, you know, Jack Nixon and everything, I think, you know, the producers and stuff were very much involved in making that more of a commercial film, and then this sequel was still obviously... A lot of attention on it but it was also like it's not gonna have jack nixon tim burton was given i think yeah like i say given the reins 
a lot more on this one. It's very more, very much in his um, kind of vision. And yeah, for better yeah. or worse, you know that that can that can be decided by people individually. I think it was very different. It was quite strange. It felt a lot more dated as well than the 1999 film for me. Yeah, but... I feel that's true. I mean, him and Michael Keaton actually hadn't uh, hadn't actually been signed up um, for like you know to do a sequel um, originally. And because of this, um, Tim Burton would only agree to do a film if uh, all of his the script kind of met basically all his criteria and what he wants to do. So I think he almost kind of like demanded more control over it a bit. Um, and I think Warner Brothers were kind of hoping to like get another extremely uh, successful film like the previous one mm. with them. And I think I think Michael Keaton they managed to get him because they had promised him that it wouldn't be like a direct sequel, it'd be more like a standalone film almost, because you could really watch this one or the 1989 one in either order, really, and it would still make sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean, because this is still very much like a standalone film. It works. It doesn't feel like a direct sequel. There's nothing that really carries over apart from, well, you know, the good guys, right? Bruce Wayne, uh, Gordon and Alfred, and I think that's it. They're pretty much... The only recurring, yeah, obviously Burton, Elfman, Prince doesn't come back, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know how that would have looked like Penguin dancing on, you know, Prince music, but um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a funny one, and yeah, like I say, I, I like the fact that um, that Tim Burton got a chance to make a, you know a Batman film in his vision, and I think there were some very strong moments in this film, but then a lot of it which kind of was very strange as well and and just felt like it belonged in the 60s iteration iteration of batman more than you know there's some very like like those kind of vibes this kind of like um almost like a joke and just like spoof kind of parody vibes with batman if and that's it gave me vibes like this that moment or that quote belonged in like that wouldn't look out of place in the adam west batman which is very strange because this film at the same time isn't made for kids you know like the 60s batman was made for kids this is very dark. This is almost like, and also like a lot of like sexual content as well. It's horny. Oh films. yeah, that's one thing so I noticed. Like, and it's violent as well, but it's also got all these like very sort of like things that would appeal to kids as well. These elements in it. So, well, I think that's more of a Tim Burton thing that he does. The uh, yeah, it's, it's one of just his, Tim one Burton. Of his, yeah, yeah, one of his particular styles. You know, is just taking something like you know, like the rubber duck or penguins or whatever, and then twisting it in something that's kind of like slightly, um, slightly horrific, but not you know too much <laughs> yeah yeah exactly while this film i was just checking the how it did in the box office i mean it did well obviously it made a profit but it had double the budget that uh, roughly double the budget that uh, the batman 89 film had but it made about half in the box office so you know that's probably another reason why they didn't, they didn't call her Batman. although interested to see her, it was nominated for two oscars uh best visual effects and best makeup, which yeah. is fair, you know. I think, especially for um, for the Penguin. Again, I don't know why Batman '89 didn't win best uh, best makeup. Still need to look up what film did that year. Yeah, that's a good point. Amazing, but anyway, I mean, I mean, you know, I I, I feel like this is it's a good it's a solid film uh, as a as a Batman film. It's very memorable, that's for sure, and not for the wrong reasons, but. I think we can. Uh, I think we can bring that up as we go through it, really, because we'll just jump into the there's stories. A lot of, in the there's, there's so much to go in through with this. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll just jump straight in then. Yeah. So, 
Uh, we begin in the Cobblepot crib. So <laughs> it starts literally like these two sort of posh, almost like the Waynes, right? This is like the elites yeah. in society and they have a baby who they put in a cage. This, this is obviously the Cobblepot family, the couple. They give birth to Oswald Cobblepot, the, the, the penguin. But they put, you know, and he's such a freak, they put him in a cage. So straight away, you're like, these are some, you know, sick people, man. You know what I mean? The, you, you see them, you hear the baby screaming. Again, you've got this, the Batman 89 music as well, but all remixed as well with a bit of Penguin in there, sort of theme as well. Mm. But yeah, you see the baby in a cage and they like look at each other and the cat is even scared of the baby, right? And um, very different times, man. Although it's not that different because this is 92, which is like a year after Terminator 2 came out, right? So it's like, when you think about that, I don't know. This is like, this is like in the 40s. This is like, a, it gives me Victorian vibes, but then also futuristic vibes as well. But so this couple, the, the cobble pots, they, uh, they take the one look at each other and they go, uh, we're sick of this baby. We've put him in a cage, but we're going to throw him into a fucking river in an abandoned zoo. So yeah. an interesting go, thing actually about yeah. the, uh, about his parents actually they were originally going to get Burge Meredith to do the uh to oh, be his father really yeah but he uh he got uh he became ill a bit beforehand so oh. you know it seems to always be like you know the bane of like a great yeah. uh you know a great cameo is always they get ill beforehand oh that would have been amazing obviously Burgess Meredith who pay, played the penguin in the 60s Batman obviously inspired a lot of Danny DeVito's interpretation as well but that would have been amazing oh what yeah. a shame that didn't happen well, they take Penguin out in the baby Penguin in the out in the pram again, Victorian style. It seems to be on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day as well. Uh, it's snowing everywhere, obviously, and they just yeah. um they throw a pram into a river. So, you know, pretty shocking imagery. You're we're like a minute into this film and you've seen a caged baby thrown into a river. So, not a great impression. First impression on the cobble pots. So yeah. And then we just get the credits as um, uh, the opening credits as this um, pram is floating through this river in Gotham. Bit of, you know, biblical imagery there as well. Bit of Moses vibes there going on as well, you know. Um, That's what I was thinking, actually. There is a bit yeah, of biblical I mean, imagery in this film as well, you know. Yeah, there is a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it was strange stuff. But yeah, so we get this. Um, so we get basically a montage of this um Moses-esque penguin Moses going through the River Nile slash Gotham City um, with to the backdrop of some incredible music once again by uh, Danny Elfman just blows out of the park once again and he's mixing it between the Batman theme and obviously the the uh, this penguin score that he did for the film as well and then we get 33 years later we're back at uh, we're, we're still in Gotham obviously and um they're lighting the tree. Obviously, you get the tree lighting ceremony every Christmas in every, you know, city and town. And you have, um, we get a glimpse of Alfred, you know, buying presents for Bruce Wayne. And uh, we get a moment I was really looking forward to seeing. And that was uh, Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. So what yeah, was your so reaction? when you? Because before we saw this film, you didn't know anything. You didn't know Christopher Walken was in it, right? And I made sure, I knew you would be, pleasantly surprised by that so I, I, I didn't want to tell you but I did say that you know there's going to be something in this film that you won't expect but you'll enjoy it so what was your reaction when you saw five minutes in oh Christopher Walken's here 
Yeah, well, as you said, I, I had seen him in the credits, but I was always wondering, you know, is he going to be a major role or something? And I see he's playing, you know, someone who reminds me a lot of his role as Max Zorn. I mean, they even share the first name. Yeah. But they, um, oh, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. And the fact that he, surprisingly, the fact that, you know, there are three kind of villains in this and him playing one of them, I find it interesting that he's, and quite good that he's able to maintain like a screen presence you know you don't forget him at any point really and uh i love his role like he's able to play it really well yeah because he's he, playing basically the same role that he played in a view to a kill right yeah James that is, I it's like pretty too, much but... the same character right it's like a billionaire evil you know it's, but he's quite he's normal as well he's not a super villain he's like an original character as far as i'm aware that was made up he's not like a you know like a super villain he's just there and while you're right, I agree, he's like, he, he plays his role fantastically. It's also a bit like he's the only, no he doesn't really fit in this world because he's normal. He's like, well, relatively speaking, when you've got the Penguin, Catwoman and yeah. Batman there, he's like pretty much a normal guy there, right? Uh, relatively speaking. Yeah, and I do, yeah, I do like it. Yeah. When he's like face to face with Penguin and stuff, it's just like this doesn't, that's, that takes me out of the film a little bit. No, no slight on him. It's just you've got this pretty normal bloke there who is just surrounded by these things. It's just, it takes me out of the film a little bit, but yeah, for sure. Interesting addition to the, yeah. to the film. I do like it though, because he's able to kind of uh, provide almost like a villain for Bruce Wayne rather than a villain for Batman a little That's bit. True. And That's also true. I did, I really liked his acting in the way that he, he was able to kind of keep, he kept me on my toes a little bit because I still didn't actually really know what he was up to half the time, especially when it came to like, uh, him threatening to, uh, you know, uh, you know, push well the woman who became Catwoman like out the window. I was like, oh, maybe he really was joking. Then she, he actually went and yeah, did <laughs> like I don't yeah, know. He's, he's able really, to switch really so dark quickly. Stuff, man, in this film. So yeah, we get uh, Walken as Max Shrek. Shrek spelt with a C, and yeah. Um, and yeah, he's giving his Christmas speech, but he doesn't have it because Selena Kyle has misplaced the speech. We get her introduced as well because they're at a they're at a business meeting and she's like, you know, bringing around the coffees. She's like the assistant secretary and she's like, oh, you know, fumbling the coffees and then going, oh, I've got an idea and then, oh, sorry, we haven't housebroken her. Max, Max, I wanted to just call him Max Zorin. I'm going to call him Christopher Walken because he just he looks like and the acting is great. He wants to kill her on the spot, man. You know what I mean? And she wants to grab. The, the acting in this film is very good. They're all very committed to their roles. and Yeah, you had to be you to know. pull something like this off. Yeah. Like. So um, so anyway, she she's this bumbling kind of secretary, and she uh, she, f she forgets to give him his script. She realizes too late. And he goes, he has to improvise and do an off-the-cuff speech, which wasn't bad. It was a bit stiff but and a bit villainous. Like, I, if you're in Gotham City, you're looking at this guy, and you're hearing what he says, like, yeah, is this guy all legit? I don't know, but... Um, didn't I see him fight James Bond on Golden Gate Bridge? I don't know, but yeah. So, um, so that's so that he's having a speech, and then uh, and then a giant present full of thugs and clowns shows up. So, and he's the you know this this giant you know gift is wheeled into the background. And he's like that's not mine, whatever. And then yeah, all these like goons burst out of it, and we're straight into it. You know what I like about this film? It doesn't waste any time because now we've got. We've had Alfred. We've had, um, you know, we've we having penguin little spottings of him. There's a newspaper boys go, oh, you know, latest sighting of the penguin. Blah blah blah. Even Alfred just somehow spots him in the middle of all this chaos. Um, 
but yeah, so then we get a bunch of thugs and clowns coming out, and I'm like, oh, you know, these clowns anything to do with the Joker? Obviously, no reference at all there, but a bit of a yeah, shame. That's a good I, I point. They are they like these clowns in your circus people running around. You think you'd associate more with the Joker, but I guess the fact that he was a mobster kind of you know would draw that association away. So I don't know. I felt it was a yeah. little bit, little bit out of place, but you know, in a Tim Burton film, it seems most things go. True, true. I mean, it certainly fit the style. Um, so you know, so all of a sudden, chaos is breaking out on this uh, Christmas tree reveal, and and then uh, you know the police are there. Commissioner Gordon shows up. A chair gets thrown at his his car, and he decides, okay, he hits the panic button and calls up Batman. And then we get Bruce Wayne. We cut to Bruce Wayne in Wayne Manor, sat in the dark, doing nothing, just waiting for some crime to happen so he, he can have some kind of purpose in life. Because he's literally just sat there like this. like. Yeah, I did wonder that when I saw him. In the dark. And interestingly, yeah, it's like all the lights are... Happens. Yeah, so all the lights are specifically targeted so that someone from Wayne Manor could see it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he gets in the Batmobile once again. We get the Batmobile, and we get the Batmobile a, a lot more action. It has a lot more to do, which is really yeah, great. Yeah, I noticed so, that too. It's I nice appreciate that. Yep, so yeah. the Batmobile races to the scene. It has some little fins that come out the side and just break these goons' legs, like shatters their knee. Their yeah, that reminds yeah. me again, you know, like, <laughs> he doesn't hesitate to, you know, fuck people up or kill them. It's you violent, know. man. It's violent. Um, He's breaking legs. He's burning people alive. He burns three different people, right? He burns two goons. Or he blasts them back into the um yeah. into into a flame. And then the Batmobile does a really cool it like raises up, doesn't it, and then spins around 180 degrees, and then he turns the turbo flame on this other goon, definitely kills him. So, you know, Batman again just picks up from where he left off in Batman 99 on a killing spree. Yeah, he he killed he killed a couple of people, he felt you know taste for uh thirst for blood you know and he just kept going yeah man this is this what the fuck is going on man this is batman's a killer you know i mean yeah so anyway and um so yeah i really like that batmobile function but then just uses it to kill someone i don't know and then batman gets out of the batmobile for some reason and he's you know having a bit of hand-to-hand fight we get a glimpse of the new batman cost uh new bat bat suit which i think is a lot better because yeah i mean it doesn't look significantly different but he seems to be able to move around in it a lot better. Yeah, they, I that think they modified it um, quite a bit. And f- apparently they included a zipper on his request for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that looking at it. He, it didn't look like he was sort of, you know, stunted in his movements. And I think that's why you see a lot more of his, like, you know, actual hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. Or even just Batman more in general, because it doesn't look so awkward. I appreciate think, that. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. And we get a lot more close-ups of him as well, which I really liked. And... Obviously, uh, they must have reshaped the mask because you can see a lot more of his chin and his jaw and his eyes as well. There's a lot more focus um, on his actual face, which I appreciated because it made me appreciate Michael Keaton's Batman a little bit more because we didn't get to see this kind of stuff in Batman 89 so much. And this time they decided to have a lot more close-ups of him. And I think that gave him a chance to really kind of bring out his Batman a bit more, which which I think works. And like I say, he was a little bit stiff still. Like, look, he still couldn't turn his head. But he could certainly move around a bit more, and yeah, he had a, he got a couple of decent fight scenes in. So I think that that was obviously uh, a slight improvement there. Um, and part of this is uh, Selina Kyle. She's out in the street as well amidst the chaos. She gets um, confronted by this goon, who Batman does a really cool thing. He shoots out his um, 
his uh, grappling hook into the wall behind him and then rips the wall out onto this goon and knocks him out cold, which I thought was really cool little um, use of the of the grappling hook there. Uh, Selena Kyle gets a little bit of dialogue with Batman as well. Bit awkward, but, you know, it's their first meeting and um, I thought that was pretty cool. He encourages her to kick this goon as well, like on the ground. He's just like looking at her. She's saying something. He's like just like nodding to her like, what are you waiting for? You know, like, oh yeah, let me just kick this guy while he's down. You know, that's that's what Batman's encouraging. You know, yeah, so, you know, murder's okay. So is this exactly? Uh, and she picks up a taser um, that the goon was going to use, and then she zaps this guy while he's out cold as well. So this is the kind of stuff Batman's inspiring out here, kind of sending out the wrong signal. I think. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but, when they try um, to like, yeah, when it tries to destroy his image, like, I mean. There's not really much yeah. to destroy him, he's <laughs> killing people, you know. No, he, no, he should destroy, just let him, you know, he's, he's already doing that. He's, he's literally, I don't really know what makes Batman, uh, he's very dark, very dark, and not yeah. really sure what side of the law he's on. Yeah, it's far removed from, you know, everyone loves Adam West. <laughs> yeah, and even, you know, when you, when we get to later Batman, it's like, you know, you know, they're very clearly trying to do the right thing, and I don't really get this from Michael Keaton's Batman. I don't see him really trying to serve justice or... Be, do the right thing it's always kind of like yeah oh, i'm just here i'm gonna fuck shit up you know and yeah it's more like it a joyride if anything you know sorry it's more like a joyride for him you know like he's yeah just pretty much yeah in real life <laughs> so and this is two years on right from the events of batman 89 if i'm not mistaken how um, long was uh, yeah perhaps i think about two years right that, but... i don't know where i've got that number from but i feel like that's that's about it so walken christopher walken amidst the chaos as well is is out he's running about he's like what's going on he doesn't know what's going on and he he goes down an alleyway and as he's catching a breather he steps on and the exact yeah very you know, well placed trap door yeah the <laughs> square meter tile that he needed to be stood on that drops him down into penguins hq and this is where we get a reveal of danny devito's penguin so this is what do you what do you think of of this? I mean, I'd seen a picture of him before uh-huh. um, as the penguin. His you know his makeup is you know fantastic, um, and he all, he's able to portray like you know this like comic book villain, but in the uh, Tim Burton style, which is quite interesting. And yeah, you know, his laugh is kind of iconic. You know, the way he delivers his lines is quite good. Um, and I did find it interesting, actually, that they went with the, um, you know, the Oswald Cobblepot sort of backstory to this mm. that was already established in the comics, um, which wasn't done with Burge Meredith's Penguin, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, because this, this, like, you know, like I said about this film, it doesn't waste time in introducing these characters. And we're straight away in Penguins in, in this abandoned zoo where, where the Penguin or Cobblepot has been raised by Penguins, right? Yeah. And formed this gang as well, which there's no real explanation for how that happened. But yeah, or where it gets weapons. But you know, yeah. But you do you straight away. You know what you're dealing with here. You got um, you know, penguin. He's walking around. He's showing off his umbrella collection, which I thought was amazing. That really like that really, um, that really did it for me. Where he's just like pulling out an umbrella flamethrower one, a sword one. You know, it's like this is fantastic. This is what I want to see. This is where I really love tim burton's portrayal of the of of the villains the batman villains because he just he hit he push he hits every note when it comes to just the classic tropes for each villain you know the joker with his buzz handshake and the flower etc all those things the bang gun and everything you know you've got penguin with the umbrellas and the umbrella gadgets 
Catwoman. Yeah, I do like that. It's just, he really ticks every box in terms of the visual portrayal. And what I really liked about Danny DeVito's Penguin is it's just, it's a very tragic story that he's telling. And I feel more sorry for him, actually, than I ever did Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne or, or any of these characters. I, yeah, I really, that's I kind a good of, point. I mean... It's a very tragic story, and it's like, well, I kind of feel for him, you know? Like, I sh- and I shouldn't. He's the Penguin. He's a villain. But he's like, I, I feel a bit... I feel a lot more, like, sorry for him than I do Bruce Wayne or, or anyone else, really, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the, um, they were able to pull off this, like, you know, a pretty decent backstory for him. Um you know, all the I remember seeing like I remember seeing this like uh, in in the uh, very beginning when you know the cots like sort of floating down the river, and I thought to myself, "There's no way they're gonna say he was raised by penguins," and then two seconds yeah. later it does. But you know, I mean, yeah, fair enough. And actually, an interesting thing about these penguins, um, they wanted to use like um, king penguins to actually um, use in this film, but the only tame ones actually were in England, so. Oh, yeah that were in captivity so what they had to do was they had to basically have this whole like logistics thing where probably half the you know the budget went where they kept uh. them in the refrigerated store of a plane and you know they were given their own refrigerated uh, trailer you know they gave them lots of fresh ice and uh, every day and you know they like you know fed them fish and so on and uh and also keep them like you know happy for the set and all that and uh interestingly uh, apparently, a lot of them ended up having, you know, uh, laying eggs afterwards, which apparently is a sign of a, you know, a, a content penguin or something. So, you know, they even had a uh, what's it called round the clock bodyguard, apparently according to IMDb. So, you know, it was amazing. Uh, so they, they, they spared no they effort, flew, they spared effort for this. They flew penguins over in fridges from England to the US for this film. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely where the whole budget went then, for sure. I was, I was, because I was thinking like, okay, this had double the budget of Batman '89. Where did that budget go? It went on keeping penguins happy. Amazing. I mean, the thing is, this is what dates the film particularly. I think the penguins, especially. I mean, the 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 entire penguin involvement in in terms of the actual penguins themselves are just. This is what really like makes the film absolutely ridiculous. This is what makes me even. Even the 60s Batman didn't do this, right? You know what I mean? This is where it's like, it gets really silly. But again, it is kind of the Penguin tropes. It's the villain tropes. So I can't really complain about, uh, sorry, I can't really, yeah, complain about this element when you've got, you know, when I'm also praising Tim Burton for doing all the other sort of tropes, you know, if you have, if you're going to do the Penguin full on, you have to have him having Penguin minions as well, right? But it's incredible. So anyway, so we get back to this speech where Penguin is introducing himself to Christopher Walken and he's, you know, he's going, and then Chris Walken has this David Brent moment where he's like, yeah, because penguins go, yeah, we're both monsters, except you're a monster that people like, and I'm a monster that lives in the in the sewers. And and uh, Chris Walken goes full David Brent. He's going, well, yeah, maybe I am a successful businessman, shrewd, perhaps successful, yes, but uh, am I a monster? Absolutely not. You know, he just goes, <laughs> he has this Brent little speech there. Um, where you get, and then Penguin goes, you know, well, what you leave in your toilet, what you drop in your toilet, I put on my mantelpiece, you know, like, okay. Um, he's going on to this uh, speech, and like I say, the tragic tale, and all he wants is respect and to find his parents. That is what Cobblepot's motivation is, the Penguin's motivations. And you think, fair enough, you know, haven't seen you do anything wrong as of yet. I feel pretty sorry for you, especially like the first couple minutes of the film, how you were treated as a baby. Yeah, I get it. So um, 
And obviously, uh, Shrek, uh, Max Zorin, fucking Christopher Walken, he's going, well, why would I help you? You know, like, why would I help you? And Penguin pulls out all this dirt on on Shrek. He's going, yep, well, like I said, whatever you drop in the toilet, I uh, pick up in my hands and, and you. So yeah, he's, even like uh, takes together shredded documents, you know. Yeah, and man, he's I'll, literally I'll like, the effort. He's like, oh yeah, we've got these documents on uh, on your dodgy company. He goes, oh well, those documents, if they existed, would have been shredded. And then Penguin picks up the shredded fucking and paint and tapes them together and he's like well a lot of patience you know and like yeah man and walker's like oh shit this is what i'm dealing with man this guy really is nuts as well uh penguin's going well uh what happened to your business associate john smith whatever he is and he's like oh and then walker's like oh yeah he's on extended vacation and and uh penguin's like, oh really well i just found here's his arm and i found the rest of your body that walken chopped up i don't really know well that's but yeah obviously walking obviously killed someone that one of his business rivals or partners whatever and uh penguin shows him the hand and uh so walken's like well do you know what yeah you're right mate you know why wouldn't we be able to work together so and penguin goes let's shake on it and he shakes this dead hand which yeah, he's, <laughs> he's left holding it as well which is kind of funny. Oh, which doesn't bother walken he doesn't go oh fuck you know throws it away he's just like ah, okay i've done this before <laughs> you know um <laughs> you know we cut over to catwoman's flat and uh, and she's got her answering machine there from her mom and uh, this fella that you know uh, bails out on her and an advert as well that's pushing pretty sexist propaganda and you're like wow okay um, and you know she's just there it's pretty pretty shitty life she's got you know she's like feeling all the stress and she's feeling like she's a failure and stuff her parents shoveling on her as well going yeah you know we we wouldn't want you to be a, a fucking loser you know and and this is coming off me i've just watched um extras right uh, i've re-watched extras recently I, I guess you haven't seen it ricky gervais's show but there's also the, this woman in there who's like exactly the same kind of character she's like a loser and i feel you know selena carl's like in this exactly the same kind of situation in this flat and everything and it's also it almost gives me vibes from the joker film right from 2019 yeah, a little bit maybe because it's just this kind of pretty normal person that's just been dealt a bad hand and she snaps and becomes a supervillain, right? I feel like yeah. it's a pretty similar story. So anyway, so she's going there and uh, and then she realizes um, she needs to do something for 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 a boss for for Shrek. So she goes uh, back to the office and um, and she's looking for files. She's on the computer and Walken has just you know just come back from from the penguin and realizing his secrets are out there so he's just coming back to make sure everything's to probably burn all the to burn the office i don't know <laughs> but he catches catwoman there and he goes uh oh so um you know you see anything interesting and she's like oh um not really only these villainous plans on your computer here and she's like and he's like how did you find that it's like oh i guessed your password <laughs> like oh okay yeah Security. like uh, i did like the uh, what's it called like his his like little scheme was to you know have a fake power plant that just draws you know power from the city and installs it but yeah know. shrek is literally like pretty much mr burns in this film that's basically yeah, basically is so <laughs> um so you get that you get yeah she she guesses his password she hacks in his computer and she's like and he's like oh you see anything uh interesting then he's like oh nothing except this villainous plan that you've got here and uh but you know uh interesting all the same and yeah, she's she's yeah, just baking herself out she's she's yeah. really asking to get you know get what's coming to her i mean 
not justifying, obviously, pushing her out of a fucking 50-story window, but still. And, um, you know, and Morgan's like, oh, who did you tell? And she's like, oh, you know, no one, obviously. I'm not going to tell anyone. It's our secret. And he's like, oh, well, you know. Um, and she's like, well, it's not exactly like you could just kill me. And like he said before, he goes, he's like, well, actually, I can. And then he's like, joking. And I love this bit of, I don't know if that was improv or whatever, but that's just a great little Chris Walken moment. And it is. And then yeah, he literally does it. And then he goes, yeah, it's, he just really flips it and then just pushes her out this window. Crazy shit, man. And no, I, don't, I didn't see that coming. Even though this is me rewatching the film, it still took me by surprise. And I was like, oh, shit, he's joking. Oh, shit, he's not. And... Yeah, the fact that he's up to flip like that is just, you know, just a great sign of his acting. It's brilliant. So she forced fucking, I don't know, 20 miles to her death. She forced through some tarpaulins, which I don't know what the point of that was, because it's like, obviously she's meant to have died from that fall. So you're putting the tarpaulins there to kind of make us think she that would break her fall and she kind of survives it or not. I mean, yeah. I mean, they had like several tarpaulins. It wasn't just like one, you know, like something at Indiana Jones. But like, literally, I was just going to say that's what it reminded me of. But she didn't survive that fall. Tarpaulins or no tarpaulins? I think the tarpaulins were just there to kind of preserve her body and not end up on a, you know, gore.com video. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, good point. But yeah, so uh, she's there and in, in the getting frozen over, and some cats come out of nowhere and bring her back to life by nibbling on her fingers. So that's just something we've got to roll with here because that's how this Tim Burton Batman's going on here. This is basically probably what would have happened in the 60s Batman if they bothered explaining any of the origin stories. They would have gone with wacky shit like this. Penguin being raised by penguins and Catwoman being eaten by cats, you know. So, or not even eaten, I don't know what's going on there because there's blood coming out of her and everything. But either way, these cats bring her back to life. And she goes back to her flat. She repeats her routine that we saw five minutes ago, uh, except she's gone insane. She's losing it. She's pouring milk all over the floor. She's like trashing her flat, the answering machine shit, and um, stabbing her toys in the sink. And she's just insane. She's she's lost it. She smashes up uh, part of her room. She has the neon lights. Hello there. And then it goes, hell here. And she's yeah. making a custom Catwoman suit, which I think is pretty cool. It's it's a nice way of introducing that character. Questionable, yes, but I like it. You know, it's it's a little bit, it's obviously different. It's Burton-esque, but I, I think if you accept that then and you roll with it, it works. If you yeah, can accept like it, it's, being raised by penguins, then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is a bit of like, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, they the fact the suit's like stitched together in all sorts of parts, you know, uh, symbolizes a little bit of chaos within her, but... I don't know if it's intentional, maybe just a visual style or something, but you know, it's the, uh, my GCSE English coming out there. <laughs> and it's a nice, it's a, it's a suit. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when she was wearing the suit, she had to be vacuum, vacuumed <laughs> into it, right? Yeah, that That's... actually, be- yeah, it became a bit of a problem as well. Cause, um, because it was so like the suit was so tight, she couldn't hear properly that well. So yeah. they, uh, so sometimes she was shouting her lines when she shouldn't have been. Ah, <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, being vacuumed into a suit that's commitment yeah, I don't know how I mean. did that, but... and straight off the bat here now you've got catwoman walken slash shrek i don't know really what's called throughout this whole review yeah, if we call him max we'll call him max or if we call him shrek people think of shrek so this is the problem i call him max and i was saying max zorin i call him shrek and i think of fucking shrek i think i'm gonna go with chris walken here and just 
<laughs> and you've obviously got the penguin as well. So you've got all three of them all ready to go, and we're into what 10, 15 minutes of this film. Yeah, it's a good. Spent. It's good that it doesn't waste time in the introduction. No mucking about. They no get they get about. several they get multiple plots in this, which is pretty good. I appreciate that. Yeah, and it's good. So then we cut to uh, the mayor having a, another speech and uh, a gymnast, one of Penguin's uh, goons from the circus, whatever that is, wasn't properly explained, mm-hmm. comes and kidnaps the um, the mayor's baby and jumps into the sewer and um, and then hands it over to Penguin, who arises from the sewer uh, with the baby and emerges publicly for the first time as this hero. And, you know, obviously a PR stunt set up and he, you know, he rises on the duck like a mate, like crazy gimmick going on there. But yeah, um, Penguin announces himself to the world. And this is all part of the plot, obviously, that he worked out with Walken. And uh, Bruce Wayne is watching and Bruce Wayne immediately hates the Penguin. He knows nothing about this guy. He's like, you know, he's hearing his story like, yeah, I just want to find my parents. I want to find, you know, some respect. I want to be a normal person, even though. I have these flippers and shit. And Batman hates him straight away. Bruce Wayne's just like, hmm, this guy's definitely a villain for no reason. He's just this prejudiced guy. And uh, and obviously Alfred's there as well. And he's agreeing. He's like, oh, yeah, who's this odious, disgusting, you know, just I didn't like that. I don't know about you, but I, yeah, got, I, got I, mean... this, I got the vibe that Alfred would have done exactly the same with Baby Penguin as what, it, you know, the Cobblepots did with him. And it kind of exposes this class divide, which plays into, you know, obviously other portrayals of Gotham so much, the rich versus the poor. Obviously, Penguin born into a rich family, but because he would be an embarrassment and a, a burden on it, he's like cast out and has to, you know, start from the bottom. And and I, I get that vibe with Bruce Wayne and, and Alfred, which you shouldn't really. They should be kind of, the, they're trying to be, especially Bruce Wayne's parents, they're trying to be the bridge between the rich and the poor, trying to close that um, divide. But Alfred here being very much part of it, just, I don't like that. I mean, I felt that. I mean, Alfred does mention it. I think it's more like he's. Um, I think he brings up it's almost like Batman's a little bit jealous of, uh, or Bruce Wayne's almost a little jealous that you know he's not the only sort of like uh, you know freak in the town. That's true, yeah. maybe. But I think that was more of a shot at, at Bruce than it was like, yeah, perhaps. like Penguin, you know. But again, the motivations here are very mixed up, and it's just like okay. Because Penguin hasn't done anything villainous yet, except blackmail another villain. So, and then you've got Bruce Wayne, you know, just instantly hating this guy. No one's heard of Penguin. He's just risen, risen up from the sewers. And you think, you know, most people are going, yeah, you know, like uh, underdog, you know, his tragic tale. Feel sorry for him. Let's give him a chance to be in our society. Bruce Wayne's like, I'm not having any of it, man. Pretty fascist vibes going on here. You know what I mean? From Gotham's elites. But anyway. So, um, and and so Batman does a bit of detective work on Pink Penguin and he goes and stalks him in the Batmobile while Penguin's going to the graveyard and the library to go and work out who his parents are, try and meet them. Penguin doesn't know his parents are dead, so he goes to the graveyard to see that and um, he's obviously, you know, and, and again, all I'm getting from Penguin so far is I feel sorry for him. It's a, it's a tragic tale. It's like something out of um, Charles Dickens, you know, <laughs> like... This whole film gives me very much as well, like Christmas Carol vibes. I don't know about you. Yeah, a little bit. I did notice, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty fucking obvious, but, you know, the whole thing is Christmas themed. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're going pretty hard for that. Uh, this, although, yeah, maybe know, I'm just realising, does this count as a Christmas film? Because 
Yeah, if Die right. Hard does, then surely this does as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really associate Batman with Christmas. Um, so, you know. Oh, you want to play Arkham Origins then? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe I will one day. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is. I assume this must have been released around the holiday season if they were going to be making it Christmas themed. So, I don't know. Um, although they're able to play a lot of stuff off, like, you know, plot wise with it, which I think is interesting. Yeah, that's right. Or maybe and it was not- an excuse because they, you know, they always need some sort of, you know, public celebration going on in Gotham for the villains to get, True. Uh, to, you know, to go on, you know, like their 200th anniversary for Joker, but they obviously couldn't do it again. So mm. they had to bring up Christmas instead. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and yeah, and obviously everyone, well, one of the journalists, this is, this is like a little thing that I wouldn't have, that would have worked a lot better in this film that they, I don't know why they didn't bring back the uh, the Knox character, that journalist from Batman 89. I think he would have been good in this film. Like, I don't know why they didn't call him back. I thought he wouldn't uh, have been Maybe, place. but I mean, I didn't really like him to start with, personally. So. No, not at all, but I think if you're going to have journalists asking questions, why not have a familiar face in him? I didn't hate him. He was just like, oh, it'd be cool to, oh, yeah, okay. Even if it's just a cameo, if he's asking one or two questions about the film. But then I think if they brought him back, then people would ask about Vicky Vale, etc. who yeah, obviously true. is in this film. I mean, she so just mentioned that. once or twice, but... She is, uh, yeah, re- referred to. We'll get there. But, uh, yeah, so Walken, so people, so one of the journalists asked, asked Walken, you know, so uh, how come you're, you know, are you, are you mates with Penguin? You like whatever, like how, how, why, why are you so, like this random guy, you're just like best mate. He's like, yeah, he's a friend of the whole city. How dare you? you know, like, again, just, just, just David Brent style, man. Uh, I love it. And then you've got, obviously, we cut to Catwoman getting a little bit of action in. She's doing what Batman should be doing. Instead of going and stalking Penguin, this guy you hate for no reason, Catwoman is going out and saving women from being attacked in the street. Respect. Um, although we do get very, like, very fucking violent imagery, man. Like, she's, like, attacking this robber, this mugger, and she, like, does, like, fucking tic-tac-toe on his face with her nails, man. It's, like, slicing down and then to the side. It's like, fuck. Like, Saw-style, man. Well, yeah, well, you know, she, um, I mean, she brings up, you know, Batman wasn't here to save her. Maybe it's like, you know, a bit of women's justice well, seems to be her sort of theme, which is fair well, enough. And I liked it. I, I like Catwoman's portrayal in this. Michelle Pfeiffer, I, I liked it. I mean, I think it was, and it was very much like I say, it reminded me of Joker, uh, 29, Whacking Phoenix Joker. just this kind of average person who's been dealt a bad hand and they just lose it, you know, and we don't get it. Obviously, it's not played into so much, but... I think that's a very effective bit of filmmaking uh, from the writers as well, where it's just in such a condensed period of time, just able to convey everything you need to know about this character so that you can sympathize with her later on. And they do that with Penguin. They did that with, I mean, Joker was more of like the whole movie kind of thing, to be fair. The whole film was focusing on him. But in this, because they've got to balance out so many different um, things going on, I think it was a very effective way of just getting Catwoman in here getting a little bit of action. She does about 12 backflips, which I think this is a, just a moment where they're just going a bit too far with that. How many backflips do you need? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, then we cut to uh, the boardroom again and we get Walken versus Wayne. And this is where you, what you said, you know, uh, we get more of a villain for Bruce Wayne than for Batman, which I didn't realise before. But when you mentioned it just now, I'm like, yeah, actually that kind of works. I, I, I quite liked that edge where yeah. you have... Wayne, you know, he's like um, going, going, you know, questioning Walken, like how come, 
And, and again, this is this is just Wayne random Batman randomly hanging penguin. Like, oh, uh, but you're friends with this crime boss penguin. How do you know he's a crime boss? Because you saw I'm some. Glad, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he actually asked that because you know. Up until this point, it's like no one's really questioned his motive to be like, oh, I hate the penguin, but he hasn't actually done anything wrong. It's a good thing for him to yeah. point out, at least. A bit strange. Like, Wayne just, just you know, I, I don't really buy that. But Walken's obviously like, oh, well, you know, fuck you. You know, I'm going to do this anyway. <laughs> and uh, and then Catwoman shows up. Surprise. And Walken shits himself. He's like, oh, Oh, uh, yeah. Um, oh, well, you must have uh, injured yourself on your skiing holiday, which is why you came back. Right. Wink, wink, you know, like nod, nods. And she's like, oh, yeah. Um, and then Batman is like instantly horny for him. And he's like, oh, you're fit. You know, like, can I get your number? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mark King's got like a fucking problem, man. <laughs> like, like, but, yeah, almost like, you know, similar to Adam West when he uh, sees Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, very similar. Except, I mean, well, and again, it is Catwoman as well, but this time it's at least it's not Kit Kat, you know, <laughs> making oh, the comeback. Days, yeah, at least they didn't do they didn't do that again. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, it is pretty much giving give me Adam West vibes again, like super horny man. Like, this, I mean, this whole film is like very sexy film kind of thing. This is why it gives me again just these '60s vibes. I can't believe this film was made in '92. The themes and the stuff that it plays around with, it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I mean. This this is what it, and it feels dated even though it's made in the nineties. Like it, these kind of some of the dialogue feels like it wouldn't feel out of place in a sixties film, you know, or seventies. But yeah, some of the dialogue is a little clunky, but not not so much here at least uh, in this particular scene. I feel I just I did really enjoy the bit previously of you know the since I keep saying walk and I mean the Shrek, uh, the Shrek and um, you know Wayne face off. But it was a good bit of dialogue there. I did like that. It's like, you know, these two big dicks, like big billionaires in, in Gotham, you know, sort of head to head. I thought that was a pretty cool dynamic there. And not something that we really ever seen as as Bruce Wayne. This is why it was good that we got to see Mark, uh, Michael Keaton, sorry, do a bit more Bruce Wayne work. And I don't know if it convinced me more that he was a good Bruce Wayne. I think he got to do more Bruce Wayne things. But I don't know if I was kind if I was kind of like uh, I like this Bruce Wayne. He was he was okay, but it, again felt like average. He had a bit more presence this time, and I don't know. Just I, don't know. I feel like I feel like he served a good enough purpose in the film, personally speaking. He was okay. So yeah, um, and then what do we have next? Yeah, so then uh, Wayne and uh, sitting in the car, they walk off together. They're flirting about, uh, and Chip Walken's son randomly i don't know why he's part of this film but he well it does tie into it later but chip but walken's just talking to him like yeah i thought i killed her you know i thought you killed her dad like yeah i did oh well i better kill her again da, da, da. She's just like openly a murder in front of his son like you know that, that's that that's uh interesting dynamic there so so again then he goes to visit penguin um with a fish to to bait him out in front of the press because walken's got his own agenda now uh, because I think the whole point of that bit of dialogue was because the mayor or Wayne wouldn't um, agree with him to do some kind of planning permission for this for this nuclear power plant, right? So yeah, he's going to go and get Penguin elected as mayor. That's his new plan now. So he goes and baits Penguin out with an actual fish, just like he picks up for the fishmongers and has in his pocket and just pulls out this raw fish. Disgusting. Penguin's tucking into it there. And uh, we get a good, low, good, nice view 
not for the first time in this film. We'll get it many times following this. Of the biggest wedgie you've ever seen on the Penguin, man. Didn't need to see that. Didn't need to see that at all. You get it so many times, man. I don't want to see that. Yeah, true. It's like it's like a train wreck. You can't look away. Ah, oh, it's just you know you don't want to see that. Um, it's just put these huge pants. He's already a grotesque. I mean, I don't know if it's to make him more grotesque than he already looks, but really, we don't need to see his ass crack there, man. It's just with like. Uh. So anyway, he's walking about and um, and yeah, walks down into the press, and it's like yeah, penguin for mayor, cobble pot for mayor. And he goes, uh, yeah, um, and then you've got these two, like, PR image guys going, oh, yeah, we can do this with you, we can do that with you. Have you ever considered having a shower? <laughs> like, yeah, like, basically. Yeah. You know? um, and, uh, and Penguin has a great, I love this, like, this bite back from Penguin. I mean, literally, yeah, it's just, moment. the <laughs> defense mechanism, and it's so good because he just, uh, and again, you just feel sorry for the Penguin because he goes, you know, he's just being, forced in and they're just openly insulting him to his face and he's just going and he's just been plunged thrust into this spotlight and and then all of a sudden you know and then they're just insulting him his appearance which is what he's been tortured tortured about his whole life this inner confliction and he just goes haha well at least my uh, nose isn't bleeding and the guy goes oh what do you mean and he fucking tears off this guy's nose literally fucking Hannibal Lecter style just like tears off this guy's nose and you're like, oh shit, you know. So I don't really feel sorry for him now. Yeah. Like again, you, you feel so sorry. And you're kind of like, well, I don't really blame him for doing that either. It's like I don't know really what we're meant to feel about the penguin here. Very conflicted stuff. I don't know, but it's another one of those moments in the film that I feel like they're able to pull off another surprise. You know, a bit like definitely, yeah, definitely. Just to remind you that yes, he's a villain. Yes, Bruce Wayne is right to not like him. He doesn't have any reasons yet, but the audience has a reason now. He violently bites off people's noses and and then he he and then again he goes to the and he's like he's talking with walker walker's like yeah you can't really do that mate you know it's like you've got the whole fucking of gotham there watching him and so and then and this just reminds me i I don't want to name names or anything i don't want to get political but it does kind of remind me of like you get politicians and they're doing these things and they just get away with no matter what they do in public and maybe this is part of Burton's message here. It's like, no matter what politics does, as long as he has the right headlines, etc., yeah, right as long as he has the right propaganda, people will let him do literally anything. Including, say, that he wants to fill the... It's, it's like, yeah, we, we want you to fill this void of the male, the male, you know, fill the void. It's like, yeah, I'd like to fill her void. And you're like... Yeah, I was oh, like, yeah, even I was like, what the fuck, man? They put <laughs> the it's like, that... Again, yeah, very... So then you've got, uh, we cut to a dog blowing up a shop, as you do, normal sort of thing going on in Gotham there. Uh, and you get Batman, Batman, another bit of action scene, a fight. Uh, he's, he's like in the center of this kind of street. And then you've got like four villains pop up around him, four goons, whatever, from the circus, right? And this is a really cool fucking moment if you've played the Arkham games, because you get the remote controlled battering. And I didn't expect it because the last time I saw this film, I hadn't played any of the Arkham games. And then this time seeing it, I was like, oh, shit, that's where they got it from. Because you got the Batarang yeah. goes and programs and heats, it hits each of these uh, goons until the dog catches it and runs off with it. Yeah, I do like um, what's it called. I don't know. I, I, I like that as a little gadget, but also it, it reminds me it's just like slightly a little too, little too cartoonish. The fact that, you know, 
Batman, like he looks around, yeah. the first guy he sees is already reading a, a rocket launch to, you know, <laughs> blow up. Yeah. and then you know he just takes his time, you know, he's just coding in each person to hit, and then then he starts throwing it, and the guys, you know, just stood there, uh, you know, along with everyone else as it hits them in order. Yeah, yeah. I think probably the first time I saw this film, I was like, oh, yeah, that was stupid. But then I'm like, but now only because of that remote control Batrang thing from Arkham Games, I'm like. That was fucking amazing. Like, I forgave the whole scene just because of that. But yeah, if I saw the amount of people seeing that in 92, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, or most people seeing it, to be honest. But yeah. it's very important to notice that the dog caught the batarang and ran off with it. Yeah. So, we'll come back to that, ladies and gentlemen. Remember yeah, it's that good moment. that they come back to certain things in this film that you think yeah, are of course. Uh, inconsequential. Yep. So then you get catwoman she's you know taking advantage of part of the chaos going on in gotham and she decides to loot a jewelry store whatever she's doing there and these guards again the sexist stuff going the dialogue in this film you know it's like everyone hates women in this film and you've got these guards going oh i don't know if i should arrest her or fuck her you know whatever they say um and she goes you know and then she just like whips the guns out of their hand and they're going oh you know we're on minimum wage you know like <laughs> like literally like you know Throwing all out there. Oh, come on, don't bother us, lady. You know, we're fucking... This is our pay... Our take-home is $200, you know. We're not paid enough to do all this shit. Um, yeah, she listen, whips the shit out of them. Chaps, you signed up to be security guards in Gotham City, where you've just had the Joker yeah, big running mistake. about. So, you know, you know what you're getting into, Batman and everything. So anyway, then we... Yeah, this, there's just chaos going on in the city. We get Batman... Um, finds another goon and this is where we get the batman face which i put in the thumbnail of this video he's smiling he's just this weird like this this you get so many good close-ups of batman in this film and then you just get this one which everyone remembers and just ruins. yeah it's, it turns a meme man I was, yeah because i hadn't seen the yeah, obviously it's the first time i've seen it but when i saw that i was like oh this is where i've seen this thing a million times from yeah <laughs> which took me out of it slightly but yeah and it's a shame because you think you know I don't know where you thought that Batman was from. You probably thought it was from a spoof or a parody or from, you know, well, George Clooney Batman or something, really. or Adam West or some bullshit like that. <laughs> but no, this is Michael Keaton's Batman. And that is probably what most casual observers probably think when they say, Michael Keaton Batman, oh yeah, the guy pulled that face, which is unfair. Yeah, I, is I, when I saw it, when I'd seen it before I'd seen this film, I thought like someone had put like one of those smile filters on Batman or something. And I was like, Oh no! Yeah, yeah, she did that. Which is something he took I did. Smilex, man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Well, something I didn't notice. Like, maybe it was the one thing that I find that's like that I found off about Michael Keaton's Batman is that whenever, whenever he's in a suit, it's just something about the suit, or I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something about him. It's like when he pulls facial expressions, it just looks a little like weird. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, you know, the think... whole dude in the Batman costume thing, rather than you know actually Batman. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he does a bit too much facial, and this is why you know I think that probably other you know like Christian Bale and Robert Pattinson and Ben Affleck, they kind of learn from that, and they just go, okay, rule number one: never smile in the Batman mask. Okay, number two: just clench your jaw all the time, and that, and you you can't go far wrong when you do that. Yeah, just look like a statue, basically. Well, what I will say is, yeah, what I will say is Michael Keaton's eye acting was quite good. I, I liked seeing because obviously there was so much more close-ups and you got to see him see his eyes do a bit more and I, I thought that was quite strong as well to be fair because that's something Tim Burton really likes about Michael Keaton while one of the reasons why he wanted him to actually portray Batman in the first place was because of 
the acting he could do with his eyes, which is so crucial, obviously, when you're wearing a fucking yeah, mask for half the film. Yeah, shame his face sort of like let it down a little bit, but yeah, the eyes is a good point. Yeah. So anyway, then we get to oh yeah. So anyway, he pulls this face and he blows up a goon like literally yeah. straps a bomb to him death, and right, kills yeah. him in fucking cold blood. So you know, killer Batman strikes again, and um, and then we get to probably my favourite scene in the film, personally, when Batman meets the Penguin, and they're having a bit of a face off there, a bit of dialogue. I really like it. Um, we get. Catwoman as well joins up. She blows. She she does like some front flips. Arrives up, and you've got the three main characters in this film all sort of stood, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Unless you're Penguin, where you're four foot three, whatever he is. But um, you've got uh, yeah. Catwoman shows up. She goes meow, and then the shot blows up behind her. Pretty cool scene, I that thought. That's like thing, yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Bits bit you know, I don't know. A bit strange, but I did like it, and it, it worked for me for her portrayal. So anyway, so we get this um, sort of three-way confrontation where uh, the shop explodes. Basically, they have a bit of dialogue. The shop explodes, and then Penguin takes off on this helicopter umbrella, <laughs> which is my favourite thing in this film. Probably, I love it. He just he gets this he gets his umbrella. There's a little like pedal which just comes out. A little foot foot. Um, just from to stand on, you know. Yeah, just a little pedal there, a little foot stand there, just foothold. You could just put one foot on it and it just propels him up into the sky. Loved it. Yeah. Batman looks over. Catwoman's also climbing up a building. And I thought that was amazing. So uh, Batman goes... Sorry? I don't know, because, like, it, this is, it's one of those things where I feel like... When I saw that, I was like, okay, this is where, like... I feel this is, like, probably a part where this film lost quite a few people. I mean, you know, because I think... I don't know. It, it's just... Um, I don't personally dislike it. I mean, I feel like with the uh, Tim Burton Batman films, especially this one, you kind of have to just, you know, roll with it um, mm. on a lot of things, even if it is a bit, you know, outlandish. But um, yeah, I can see why if you're not really prepared for that, um, it's like, you know, this is why I guess it's why a lot of people didn't like it. Well, I mean, what specifically are you referring to there? Do you mean like the, the helicopter umbrella? Or... Yeah, the helicopter umbrella was saying that I rem like it reminded me of it. And I was like, yeah. It's like when you see something like this, you either are like, oh, this is quite good, or you're just like, what the fuck am I watching? But I don't know. I absolutely like, loved it. I've got to say for myself, I thought the helicopter, penguins, umbrella, chopper, umbrella, I loved it. I liked I thought, it. Well. That was probably literally my favourite thing in this whole film, just seeing that, just come out of nowhere, just, and the little foot pedal, I don't know why, that's so cool, he just goes on it and flies away. I love it. So anyway, and then we get, so Batman goes and chases after Catwoman because he's a horny fuck, and, um, and they have a little sort of, confrontation where he falls down and she saves him and then she falls down and he saves her etc and uh and it basically results in him punching her off a building and and this film is just catwoman being abused by every man she meets and uh you know from from walken to batman who fucking led her off this building and she falls into a truck carrying sand or whatever it is which is no it's it's catless which i think is a joke um, yeah, she's saved by it, which saved is by cat, but that wasn't cat litter. Cat litter is in like cat shit, right? Yeah, that that wasn't cat shit though, was it? That was like yeah, I know, sand. literally, but at least that's what she said. So oh yeah, because no, you're right actually, because cats they, if I'm not mistaken, right, a lot of cats like household cats they they have like a little 
that's what people do. Unless they shit outside, if they want to shit inside, they can do it in like a little sand pit, right? Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. I mean, I don't oh, know. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it's some uh, maybe it's some like uh, it's something to do with like you know a punch you played off of, but you know. Mm. I think if that way, if it was meant to be kitty litter, I want to see the kitty litter there. Then I don't want to just see something. I want to see little little pellets of shit, you know, and then. And then I'll buy it. Yeah, I think you're focusing. You think you're hung up on the wrong things. So <laughs> well, it, mate, if you're going to go bird, she swallows the fucking bird later and then spits it back out. I don't think, you know, but maybe right. Maybe right. Anyway, so uh, then we get to back to the penguin whose man- mayoral campaign is going swimmingly. He's got fangirls now who he gropes the breast of one of them by putting a badge on it like oh i mean it's really creepy shit man and these girls are all over him. good for him and um and then he and then he walks upstairs catwoman is there laying on his bed and he oh, says fucking scene <laughs> just the pussy i've been looking for an actual line in an actual batman film that wasn't even in the 60s yeah um, not to mention the rest of the scene you know yeah so we get this really like the sexual tension between this kind of like you know freak and her and I don't know what to say about this scene man it's really really strange it's full Burton like you say and um anyway the point of this scene is they they team up they like join forces to go and frame the Batman they decide that Batman is both of their problem in Penguin's case certainly and yeah Catwoman probably as well because she's just been you know punched off a building by him so she's got a grudge so like yeah let's take out the Batman Let's, but if we kill him, then he's going to be a master. So let's frame him. So that is the plan they decide upon. Again, yeah, this is the bit where they're looking at each other through a cage, and and Penguin goes, "How do I know you're really one of us? You're a freak. You're a monster." And she proves it by putting this little bird in her mouth, and then uh, and then Penguin thinks she's eating it, so she goes, he goes to like stab her cat. And then at that point, she panics and lets the bird fly out from her mouth. Yeah, it's a fun fact about that. That was actually a real bird that they used. Because they had had (laughs) fakes, but Tim Burton thought they were actually, you know, too visibly fake. So they uh, had a, well, have a real bird in their mouth, which is uh, interesting to say the least. No way. And when she spits, surely not when she spits out there. That looked CG to me when she spits it back out. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know personally. but That looks animated, but... Who, who fucking knows, man? Although, if it was animated, it was kind of very good for the 90s, man. Like, but I don't know. Just the, this this scene just like made, made me sort of like speechless almost. I was like, yeah, okay. This is this was one of the other things I think people dislike about this film. The like, yeah, there's these like really weird sort of almost out of place like sexual bits. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's crazy. It's like these kind of scenes like Batman 66 on steroids. Yeah. Really fucked up shit in this film. On many levels. But anyway, so then we cut outside. We have a bit more of a normal scene. I mean, doesn't, you know, it wouldn't be hard after what we've just witnessed there. But Bruce Wayne meets Selena again. They're checking out some uh, newspapers and, and Batman gets like, just blows his cover <laughs> twice because he goes, oh, haven't we met? No, sorry. He did this when Walken was there. He's like, oh, we, yeah. yeah, we met before. Oh, no, shit, it was Batman when I did that. No, uh, we've never met. I mistook for someone. So blowing his cover, like, this is, again, where I'm not really convinced about Michael Keaton's Batman, but he goes to her and he goes, oh, yeah, nice to see you again. Um, They look at the newspaper and they go, oh, well, 
What, Batman blew it? Well, surely he would have saved loads in uh, insurance or something there. Like, and Catwoman was like, okay. <laughs> Didn't ask. Although she does a really great little line here. I don't know if you picked up on this because I didn't the first time I saw this film, but this time watching it back, she goes, uh, it's going to be a hot tide in the whole, in the old town today, which yeah. is... Doesn't, um, doesn't Joker say that in the prison? That's what Joker says when he's zapping that guy, when he's like, yeah, oh, frying the old death. town today. And then she, she says it. So they do actually refer Jack Nixon's Joker, which was amazing. And I didn't notice that the first time, but this time I was like, Oh shit, nice one. Okay, because I think that's a quote from a song, right? Maybe. <laughs> so, brilliant. I, I, I thought that was really nice. Nice little touch there. So then we cut over to the Ice Princess, the Ice Queen, whatever she is, Miss Gotham, for all I fucking care. And yeah, Penguin's plan to frame Batman involves kidnapping her. So he does. And then we cut to Bruce Wayne on a date with Selina Kyle, um, you know, in Wayne Manor. And Wayne, Bruce Wayne makes the number one mistake on any date, let alone the first date, just harping on about your ex. They're talking all about Vicky Vale. Catwoman eventually gets him off the subject. And uh, she does quite a funny line here where, you know, because she's like, oh, yeah, I've been fucked around by so many, uh, so many normal guys, whatever. And the thing about sickos, at least they're committed. Yeah. And, um, and Batman's like, oh, shit, I'm in here then. And uh, and she just and there's like this moment, and this is again. Even though I'm rewatching this film, because the thing is, right, the first time I saw this film, I was like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" <laughs> At the end of it, I was like, "Probably the emotion you've had, maybe." Yeah, I was just really. like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" And then going into rewatching it last night, I was like, "It can't have been how I remembered it. I'm gonna watch it again now, and more things are gonna make sense." And they totally fucking didn't. <laughs> but the things that Caught, are supposed to catch you off guard caught me off guard the second time which I really liked and one of those bits is where Bruce Wayne and her are just like looking at each other and then she goes for him she lunges for him and I love I don't know why it's just like she just goes for him and they're like you know obviously you know fucking feeling each other up and they feel each other's scars up for where they've just attacked each other as Batman and Catwoman but now the Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle yeah because they find each other's scars and like okay I can't really do this now they watch the news and then yeah Penguin calls out the Batman very much like how the Joker calls out the Batman. This is what I like about this film. While it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't, it, it's a standalone film, right? So you don't really need to watch Batman 89 to watch this film. Very much recommend that you do, by the way, if you have yeah. it for some reason. But um, this is like, yeah, he's he's watching, they're, they're watching TV and, and Penguin sends for, for, the, uh, for, for, for Batman, basically, in exactly the same fashion the Joker did on public TV going you know like basically let's yeah, see why not protect happens. this event batman you know yeah diss track you know pretty much sends for him and um and obviously yeah so then the batman bruce man goes okay i need to get the fuck out now and he goes to alfred like oh make up some story for her just like he did for vicky vale this this is another kind of this bit should be cool but all it does is reminds me of mr bean because we have batman suiting up and he literally goes into his like so the first thing you do, you get this really cool like container with all the bat suits in it with this chain door that comes down. You're like, all right, that's fucking cool. And then the very next thing you get is probably like was filmed in the prop room of whatever film set they were on, where Batman picks off a bat suit off a coat hanger, uh, like with a bunch of others. 
It just reminds me, it just literally reminded me of Mr. Bean, where he goes, he's like, you know, when he's sat there, like, picking from identical suits, he goes, that one, you know, and picks it off. And he's just got his boots there as well, all lined up, just picks out a, pa- a pair of them. And they're all identical. It's like, I don't know, what have you done there? Whichever one's less smelly from all the sweat you probably got in the rubber suit or... I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. I kind of, I actually kind of liked the fact that you get to see more of his sort of, like, his um, like process of actually you know getting into the back cave and actually picking out his suit because I think it actually explains that you know if, you know if one suit's like all banged up then you know he can just pick another one because you know Adam West he just goes down and just gets put on the same suit every single time. Um, but I don't know. I don't think that's really uh, much of an issue for this. No, I know, but I mean, I think this, for example, this would have been a great opportunity to show us some other back suits. Oh, yeah, that's a good like, point. And then you have yeah, like uh, so. you know. This is what would have happened in probably a more modern incarnation of Batman. I mean, I think you even do get it in Batman vs Superman because he's walking around his his Batcave and you see a bunch of different suits and stuff, and that's really cool. Whereas I mean, in this yeah. one, you get like I don't know. I, I wasn't really convinced by uh, and just the, the way it's just he's pulling up. Okay, it's cool. You have different bat suits. I get that, and you have the same ones because, like you say, they'll, they'll go through some wear and tear. But picking it up off a coat hanger. Didn't buy it. I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, true. Although, actually, you did say this reminds you a bit of Mr. Bean. Yeah. And, um, that reminded me, actually. This might surprise you, but Rowan Atkinson was also considered to be the, uh, a role for the Penguin. No way! I think that would have been, that would have been like... Oh, two. that would have been amazing. It would have been interesting, but I can't imagine it that well. Oh, that would have been amazing. Wow. And what was Ron Acton doing these days? Was he Mr. Bean at this point? I think he might have been. Um, he, don't, he, he probably just finished Blackadder. Because, yeah, Mr. Bean was all the sort of 90s. I, I'm not sure if it was before or after this film, but wow. Now, that would have been something. I would have liked to have seen that. But, <laughs> you know, I, not, not that Danny DeVito was a bad penguin at all, actually. But anyway, we'll come to it. Yeah. So... So, uh, Batman, you know, he answers Penguin's call, basically, and shows up at this they're relighting the tree for whatever reason. I can't remember why. And uh, Batman shows up, leaves his Batmobile, you know, in, in the street corner. He puts the shields on it. And then you get the goons, the circus guys, hack the Batmobile. And I really want to know how these fucking circus guys that live under a zoo, an abandoned zoo, have the technology to repel the Batmobile's shields. They just pull out this fucking massive thing, press a button, and it how does that work? Yeah, Not they've just... never even seen. I would have thought like it would have made slightly like you know some sense if they'd seen the Batmobile before or like you know yeah. take a pictures of it or fucking went to the mechanic like they're doing. Yeah, yeah, things. yeah. But uh, you know they just see it and they immediately know what to do with it, which I kind of didn't buy either. I was like, no, not at all, not at all. But you know what's funny because there was a maybe you saw this episode in Batman the animated series because yeah. the penguin, right? There's a, there's a literal episode where the penguin. Um, you know, he he does exactly that. He goes to the mechanic of the Batmobile, and um, you know, yeah, he hijacks him, it, and he gets the blueprints and everything, and he and he successfully hacks it. And you know, it wouldn't have taken much to have done the same thing here in, in the film. They do it so well in the Batman animated series episode, and then in this one, it's just like ah, we'll just skip the really important bit of how they actually opening up this Batmobile. So, um, so then anyway, so Batman, uh, he's there on, on, on the scene of the Christmas relighting, Christmas tree relighting, 
and he spots the ice queen. He's just like, he just turns his head and she's there in like a lit room, right? Or whatever, just like in plain sight. So he goes and saves her. Uh, but then Catwoman shows up and re-kidnaps the ice queen or the ice princess. And then they go to the rooftop and then Penguin. So yeah, the, the ice queen ends up on the ledge, right? Above this Christmas tree, basically like, again, 50 stories up. And Batman and Catwoman are there and the Penguin shows up. He gets one of his umbrella gadgets, which is full of bats this time. And that is enough for this ice queen to fall off the ledge. And she falls to her death. And she happens to land precisely on the button as well. So I really like the tree. Horrific stuff. And um, and again, a woman falling 50, 50 fucking stories down from, from a high position. I don't know why that happens so many times in this film. It's not even the last time it happens. But we get it once again here. Uh, and she dies. She dies. And bats come out of the tree for some fucking reason. And again, Batman is just leaning over, nice, nice, like posing for the spotlights to come up. Go, ah, oh, there's bats coming out of this tree. Batman is up there. Batman must have killed the ice princess. And so the penguin and Catwoman's plan has come to fruition. Batman has been framed. And, um, and he goes and he's like, okay, he flees the scene. No, he doesn't even flee the scene. He gets in his fucking glide suit and goes and spins around this tree with bats coming out of it. Like, yes, I killed him. Uh, I killed her, sorry. Yeah, I, I, now, now I'm going to terrorise all of you. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, Batman? You know? Yeah, it's, it's like, it, like yeah, this, it's is the, this is the moment where you keep low for a little bit, man. You've just been fucking like... And amidst all the chaos with the Ice Queen dying and landing and lighting the tree again, we, we missed this bit where... I mean, the most iconic part of this film, which is... Um, Catwoman and Batman because Batman gets shot. Penguin shoots Batman if I'm if I'm right in thinking, and then she and then she gets gets down on him while he's down, and they have this super horny moment where she's literally like cowgirling him, and she licks his face, um, just like yeah, that was and, a bit and he's like and he, <laughs> because she licks his face, which you're like wow okay, and then he's like. Mm. Oh, that was, you know, he's like, yeah, I saw that. I thought, like, what the hell? I'm saying, yeah, super. I mean, and they have the mistletoe line, remember that, folks, because that's important later on. Yeah, yeah. But what did you make of this? Like, this is, was this more or less weird than the bird, like, pussy I wanted to see shit? Like, that scene with the penguin. That was, that was like, that was audible. That was like, you know, you know, audio cancer. (laughs) This is visual cancer, man. This like, is like, wow, like, okay. Catwoman just licked Batman's face. Pretty kinky shit, I don't know, but yeah. Um, and I think it's shortly after this, Penguin is trying to hook up with Catwoman, and she goes, no fucking way, you fucking freak, get the fuck out of my face. And he goes, all right then, hands her the fucking umbrella chopper, sends her into the air, and uh, she goes up. And again, again, for the third time this film, and for the fourth time for a woman, Falls to her death, death, right? She's got nine lives and um, in, into this greenhouse and she wakes up and she's okay. And then, yeah, so Batman glides down with this glider, which again is like another Arkham really cool thing, which I don't know, I just I just personally really like that. Yeah, Even though to, the context of him doing it. From Arkham, man. Sorry? You just attach yourself on the Arkham games, man. Yeah, well, I mean, watching this, I do like seeing those little things happening there, but you've got like the... 
he's gliding down. The context with which it's happening is ridiculous, obviously, because he's just been framed for killing this woman. Like you say, he's doing himself no favours. He, you know, they don't even need to frame him, man. Maybe this stuff would have happened anyway because Batman is just, like you say, on a joyride, man. And um, that very much continues. I mean, if you're a civilian in Gotham and you're hearing that he's killing, he's killing villains, right? You're seeing him do it because anyone that was at that Christmas lighting earlier saw him fucking burn those people, right? And he's like, okay, and fucking disabled, like paralyzed those fucking goons for life. Yeah, this Batman's violent. Wouldn't be surprised if he's get well. Actually, he is killing people. Oh, he's just killed this ice princess. Adds up. It's not like a shock where you go, "Oh, I thought Batman was you know trying to do the right thing," but obviously he's not. So yeah, maybe you know, it's like there's no conflict. The only person that even trying to ha- half defends him is Commissioner Gordon later on, where they find a bat, they find a batarang at the scene of the kidnap. This is earlier on, right? They yeah. find a batarang at the scene of the kidnap, and he goes, "Yeah, this is purely coincidental," but. It's like, you know, no one else is buying it, man. And and because they, Burton or the writers, did so little to invest in the Commissioner Gordon character, his word means nothing. You've So he, he glides back down to the Batmobile where he finds that Penguin is controlling it. Penguin appears on his monitor. And meanwhile, Penguin is <laughs> he's like in a kid's little arca- arcade car, right? It's yeah. like the, the car you always wanted to go on in the shopping center, but you never went on one for some reason or you didn't want, so I don't know. He's literally one of these, like a Batman, like a Batmobile one, and um, and he's there controlling the Batmobile. It looks ridiculous, but it's quite funny, and it is it kind of fits this Penguin character, and um, and he's going mental with this Batmobile because he's like, you know, he's like driving into people. Is he shooting people down as well? I think. Um, uh, I don't know if he actually does bring out the guns, but you know, he certainly is able to cause a lot of damage. And I can't quite tell if Batman's able to actually sort of steer the car away as well himself like to sort of like um push back but no Bat- batman yeah. could do nothing here except punch through the floor of the batmobile i think some scanner on it locates where whatever is causing this thing to yeah the foreign objects yeah yeah the foreign object right where it is so he goes okay i think it's about here punches through the floor of the batmobile right which is impossible unless it's made of cardboard and rips this thing off and regains control of the Batmobile. But it's like, it's already, the damage has been done. It's torn up a load of cars. That's what it does. It doesn't shoot people down, but it, it, de- it definitely kills people. The, on this occasion, I think we let Batman off because he's not in control of the situation, but not really, not even surprising the imagery here, unfortunately, because it is such a nice Batmobile. And then we maybe get the worst thing ever. You've got the best Batmobile ever, right? This is like a beautiful looking Batmobile. You've shown us all these gadgets. It's really cool. You get some nice action with it. And then it just turns into this fucking dildo of a fucking car. All the fucking sides come off. because he. And the only purpose of this, this serves... To fit through that thing that's closing, yeah. Yeah, to fit through a narrow alleyway so then he can kill another police car behind him, right? He's like... So it splits off into this fucking hot rod kind of fucking black dildo just to fit through this crack in the wall. And, and in doing so... Uh, make a police car crash behind him, definitely killing whoever was in there as well. So Batman yeah, back I mean, against the killer. Yeah, I think Christian Bell did the uh, whole sort of like, you know, bat bike a lot better. <laughs> definitely. But this wasn't even a bike. I was so, uh, that angered me because I, that, I was, Yeah, that did surprise me. I was like, uh, okay then. And what was the point of that? You didn't need to do that. I mean, I you guess were, you like, have such a beautiful Batmobile there and you just ripped it apart for, for what? Just so you can get away? 
could have got away another way, man. So yeah, uh, so Batman returns to the Batcave and he's in deep shit now because everyone recognizes him as the killer that he is, to be fair, but on this occasion he's been framed yeah, for a particular kill that wasn't his fault. Um, and, and then Alfred, once again, they, they're seeing Penguin on TV and Alfred, again, just shitting all over the Penguin, just going, oh, I hate this lower-class scum. You know, I, I'm not feeling Alfred at all, man. Yeah, he's like Alfred Scrooge. The machine. You might as well have, you might as well be Scrooge, man, you know, like, I, he hates the poor. He hates poor people. I mean, yeah. Is this not the, um, is this not the part where Bruce Wayne mentions security to him? Yes. Security. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I loved. I yeah. I had to say I love this because, um, you know, like like both of us said in the previous episode. Um, I mean, for context, people haven't seen this when, uh, Batman basically uh, or he brings up to him like you know the question of security, um, or actually no, Alfred brings up the fact you know you didn't secure the car or anything you know, which is a fair point because. You know, a bunch of like, you know, homeless people managed to break into his car. I mean, and he's able to smash through the floor with his fists and, you know, questions the integrity of the Batmobile. Um, and, you know, they have to take it to a shop, but they can't take it to any old shop to repair it. But then, you know, Bruce Wayne actually references the fact that he let Vicky Vale into the Batcave, which I thought was like, oh, they actually brought it up. You know, they addressed, you know, something that, which I, I felt was a good point because, you know, a lot of fans hated it because it was, you know, out of character for him. And I'm glad they didn't sort of brush it onto the carpet because it is like, you know, it would be hypocritical for this Alfred to say, um, yeah. you know, lecture him on security when he literally, like, you know, broke the golden rule of don't let people into the Batcave, you know? Yeah, yeah, and they did that very well. And that was that was a deliberate move from the writers and from Tim Burton as well because they got plenty of shit for it, for doing that um, in Batman 89, so they referred to it. I think they did that very well. They just put that to bed like, yeah, we know we fucked up and... You know, we're gonna we're gonna leave that there, okay? Water under the bridge. But anyway, so then um so yeah, Batman, yeah, Bruce Wayne fires shots at Alfred and uh and he it re-enters the Batcave and we actually see how he does that. Yeah, you're right. Which is cool, you know, because he reaches into this fish tank and presses a button which opens up that old that old school style of like torture casket yeah. thing, right? I thought like that's a cool way, yeah. What is that thing again? Do you well, know? I think, yeah, like you said, it was an old method of torture. Um, you know, it's, it might have been an Aztec thing where they, you know, they sit someone in there and, you know, crush them to death with spikes. But obviously, that's not intended for him. But I do like um, Alfred's sort of like throwaway line where he's like, you know, I'll just take the stairs, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I do get to see him go down the stairs as well as, you know, Bruce Wayne comes in the other way. Yeah, Batman comes in through a pipe. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know why he has to, but, you know. Part of the plumbing in Wayne Manor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, well, does this, yeah, is Alfred's staircase just like, you know, left open, you know, while he's got this super secret thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's, behind I think it's cool. Maybe that's, maybe that's something we should add into our rankings the rankings of entries into the bat, into the Batcave. Because so far we've got obviously the classic Adam West one, which is the bust of Shakespeare. You press the button, they go down the bat poles, which is classic. It's iconic. And maybe even today that would hold up. If I saw Robert Patterson, jump into a fireman's pole to get into the Batcave, I'd buy it, you know? I, if I had a Batcave, I would probably get a fire pole going on down there. That'd be really cool. Um, you get some, like, burns if you weren't wearing, uh, you know, gloves or anything. Yeah, true, but, you know, just wear gloves and simple. Uh, uh, if the fireman can do it, then why, why can't Batman? And as well, sorry, yeah, and then with Christian Bell's Batman, I think he, he just 
types in some shitty piano and then the 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 fucking bookshelf comes open and he walks in there that's all right but yeah i did like because yeah batman does this really elaborate entry into the bat cave alfred just oh, i'll take the stairs and yeah he, he took and this is cool because it, it kind of again it's like a really weird fucking thing to have in your office this fucking ancient torch device but then it reminds me of what happened in batman 89 where you know he's got all these weird artifacts there so it kind of it's not out of it's place for this that, yeah yeah this portrayal of bruce wayne Although, I mean, he has to, like, roll up the sleeve to go into this fish tank every time. I'm a bit concerned for the safety and the health of those fish, but... Yeah, but, I mean, I guess that's why they've got the staircase, you know, if you can't be bothered to be extra today, you know. Yeah, if you don't want to get your shirt sleeve wet, then... Yeah, then you're a little bit of a rush, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting to, yeah, interesting design choice of your house. But anyway, um, yeah, we get to see him in the uh, Batcave as well, which is... Um, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel like there's much there. It's almost like, you know, he's got a computer that's built into rock, you know. That's basically it, so far as I can see. Yeah, I, I like we got to see a little bit more of the Batcave. Like I said, there's not really much going on, but we do... It's, it was kind of cool for me to see Alfred's little station there as well, because he gets involved in this film as well a bit. Um, Batman, this is probably... This is 1992, so I don't know if he's putting a DVD in this thing, but maybe it's a CD. Either way, that was probably like this dates the film. That was probably super futuristic back then, man. Like high tech. Oh, he's got fucking DVD or, or it must have been a CD, right? Yeah. I don't even know if DVDs were in '92. Like it must have been a CD. I think CDs Maybe. just all it does is play tape on it later, right? It's a good thing though because I remember it's like one of this thing, one of the things that this film does with like you know a little like innocuous thing that they bring back later on. It's like you know. While it, while um, the penguins like like controlling his Batmobile and slagging off the city, like he puts the CD in to record, you know what's going on the video and the audio and everything, which comes oh. back to play here. Oh, okay. Because I was just about to ask you, I, I forgot when he actually where the fuck he got it. Because I was watching last night, I was like, where the fuck did he get this um, audio clip from the penguin? So does penguin say that while he's controlling the Batmobile? Oh yeah. Okay, okay. Because I, I I missed that for some reason, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so he gets the CD, uh, but I mean, all Penguin says is like, "I've brought the CD to its knees" or something like that, right? Yeah, he says like, I played them, I played this to like you know, retarded turn like you know, uh, a harp from hell and so on. He says like you know, the, um, I'm gonna like you know, you know, fucking play the shit out of these the uh, the citizens of the sea. Um, he's basically just slagged off Gotham like you know, he's asked. That's the thing. I, I don't know if that was like, we'll come to it later on anyway because the bottom line is yeah. Uh, oh no! Actually, it is the next thing that happens. Yeah, because Penguin is doing this speech. He's he's ready for like you know to basically become mayor. Uh, Max Zorin is there as well, Christopher Walken, and yeah, Batman gets the CD out and he puts it in and he like gives Alfred the nod, and they play out this audio. And I don't know if anything he says is really that bad. Where you're like, okay, yeah, he's slagging off the city a bit, but that's kind of it. I mean. Yeah, not, true, it but... You know, I don't think it's enough for people to fucking bring out tomatoes and fucking onions and shit and fucking pelt them at him. Do you know what I mean? Just turn I don't know, like but that. I feel like it's always... They haven't actually... They've never... I mean, obviously, we've seen it in the film, but he yeah. hasn't done anything um, wrong in the eyes of the people until he starts actually, like, you know... To them, it looks like he's slagging them off through the mic, but obviously it isn't. I mean... That's true. Um, That's true. I do like that. <laughs> I, do, I do find it a little funny when... Um, what's it called? 
uh, Bruce Wayne like actually like uh, moves around the disc a little bit, like yeah, a DJ like. <laughs> I love that as the well. That's but again, it's like, I mean, I mean, there's only so much audio that you could have got from like when he's taking over the Batmobile. But like, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But did Batman ever? I know I fucking watched this last night, but I'm trying to think. Did did Batman ever actually clear up these claims that? You know, because obviously no, Batman is like framed. So how does he unframe himself? I don't think he actually unframes himself. This, think... Because if he did, then it should be like this. This would make more sense to me because you've got the Penguin going, "Oh yeah, uh, you know, he's slagging off Gotham," but that's it. He's going, "Yeah." If he's if you've got the audio of him going, "Yeah, look at me, um, I've framed Batman. I actually killed the Ice Princess. This is all going to plan. I want the city to hate Batman and love me, even though I'm." doing this with Max Zorin and fucking and Batman and I'm like yeah I'm the real villain here if he's saying shit like that I buy it but all he says is like oh yeah well fuck Gotham you're like fuck oh, okay uh, I think all that, it, would, it'd be, it would have been a bit too maybe uh, convenient for him to be saying all that to Batman while he's controlling the Batman like yeah and you know uh, as I turn to the uh, left side of the street and uh, take out two people by the way <laughs> you know. but either way he's, whatever Penguin's saying he's not saying it to Batman he's saying it to himself right Kind of. So, maybe. But I don't know. I, it's all it's all a little bit strange. And, and Batman, and as but the point is, as far as I'm aware, Batman never actually clears those those that fucking framed shit, right? At the yeah, end, never clears like, oh yeah, Batman's yeah. Batman's cleared of it, but then actually get a confession out of Penguin or anything, right? I don't think. Apart from well, this. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's not like my, you know, it's not like Michael Keaton's Batman is like, you know, trying to be a good person anyway. So bit of a plot hole. Oh yeah, exactly. It's not. Maybe Batman doesn't care. Maybe he's just like, yeah, well, they think I killed a big deal, man. I do kill people, so <laughs> what do I yeah, care? I just, I just kill criminals, which is okay. <laughs> That's how comfortable Batman is with being a killer. He's like, eh, oh, they all think I'm a killer. Big deal. <laughs> Long enough I to figure it out, you know. Don't care. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he just doesn't give a flying fuck, man. He, he's rolling with it. Yeah, and then you know, everyone starts to abandon him, basically. Like, uh, what was it? Yeah, like you know, um, yeah, Max Shrek just like walks yeah. away as well. Yeah, you know, they're all like, okay, yeah. fuck you, Penguin. We're out of here, man. Because of this one quote, which Batman's like remixing there on the DJ deck, man. So they all pull out their tomatoes and they're all like lobbing it at him. And he has a great line because he pulls out the umbrella again, a nice penguin trope there where he's like, he's hiding behind his umbrella and he's like, why does everyone bring tomatoes to fucking the speeches? Good question, penguin. And, yeah. um, and then he, he snaps. He's like, fuck this. You know, he opens up fire on them with this machine gun umbrella. Did you like this as well or not? Do you, do, are you a fan of the whole penguin umbrella gadgets thing or not? I mean, I, 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 I personally am a fan of it. I mean, other people won't be, but I think, no, I, I love the, uh, like, you know, he's all actually got, like, a stand of different umbrellas that do different things. Like, at the beginning when he's, like, twisting the uh, one with, like, an illusion on it and he's like, is this meant to hypnotize me? He's oh, like, yeah. no, it's meant to give you a fucking headache. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, he pretends to fire a blanket, you know, Max, which makes me yeah. shit myself. But then this one with the machine gun, I mean, like, I like it. You know, it's like Tim Burton puts, like, a, tw like, you know, a, well, a twisted twist, if you could say it, on like you know something that would be cartoonish. Yeah, you know, it turns like you know. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't even think it's cartoonish because Burgess Meredith Penguin, he does the same thing. He has all these umbrella gadgets, and I think that's a really important part of the Penguin. He has to have this fucking umbrella, and you know, I mean, to go on a tangent here with the new Batman film, The Batman, you've got Colin Farrell's Penguin. It doesn't, and it's occurred to me, he never has an umbrella in it, but. 
I, and obviously he'll appear in the sequel. Well, I would like to think so, unless something goes massively wrong, which with DC and Warner Brothers always has the fucking potential to. But let's hope that the Batman goes smoothly, right? Unlike fucking Zack Snyder fucking shit. I, I, I would I would like to think that they do incorporate the umbrella into Colin Farrell's penguin and that he gets to do things with it, like, you know, with a knife, with a blade coming out. Okay, the chopper thing, I'll give you that. It's a bit, it's a bit far. But no reason, an umbrella machine gun, that's cool. But then, um, and this is another thing, actually, I, wanted, I forgot to uh, mention it before, but this is something that was playing on my mind when I watched this film. Because it's the same thing I was thinking in Batman 89. Because in Batman 89, right, that whole film is Batman's first kind of mission. That's when he's first mainly in the public, right? In the beginning of that film, he's just kind of a rumor, right? And then he shows himself with the Joker and everything. And I question the fact, like, okay, because he's got the Batmobile, he's got the Batwing, everything is ready, and he's just been sat there waiting. He's just got all this... He's, can you imagine Bruce Wayne? Before the events of Batman 89, he's just sat there in this back cave, like, yeah, this shit's pretty cool, man. Yeah, this is great. Uh, Alfred going, so are you going to fight crime like you said you would when you got all this stuff? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> you know, but right now, I'm just, oh, this is pretty cool, you know. Um, and I get the same thing with Penguin. Like, Penguin's 33 in this film, right? And... What's he been doing for the last 33 years? Why did he choose this Christmas to emerge as the Penguin, right? Is this, again, a little bit of the biblical thing? It's just a kind of, is this a little biblical thing with, like, the 33-age thing? I don't know. I don't even... Yeah, Christ. I hope not. Years, <laughs> I don't know. At the resurrection, and uh, Who fucking maybe, knows? Yeah, know. Maybe a complete coincidence, but... Strange stuff. But, again, it's just like, okay, yeah, Penguin, you seem to be a pretty switched-on guy and everything. Why have you chosen now to kick all this stuff into action i don't know but anyway yeah maybe it's just okay. you know just something that you have to go with i mean so anyway so when the, t the crowd turns on penguin he realizes you know what gotham never loved me fuck this i'm gonna go back to being a treacherous freak which i really am i'm not uh oswald cobblepot anymore i am the penguin and this is really cool and this is where you get so much character development in the penguin with this film it's so good and this is danny devito the writer tim burton they do a fantastic job with penguin because at the beginning, it's because you, you're going through his like this roller coaster of emotions for him, where he's he's underground and then he's above ground and he's loved and then he's hated and he's like having to change his image and he has this uh, image crisis going on, identity crisis, where he's like, I'm not the penguin, I'm not a freak, you know, I, I'm not an animal, I'm a human being just like you guys. I'm a bit different, but I have a name. My name is Oswald Cobblepot, and then and then he he says, fuck all this shit. Yeah, people are fake as fuck. I'm going to go back to my roots. I am the penguin. The only people that love me are the penguins themselves. And we're going to fuck this city up now. So, yeah, he goes back and he, he jumps in the river same off the same bridge. where he, Penguin jumps off a bridge. I think that's pretty concerning stuff for the citizens of Gotham. They're like, okay, have we just made him kill himself? We don't care. We're disgusting people. So he does this and he gets back on his duck big yellow duck rubber duck that's ridiculous shit this is where i'm even i'm like okay this is a little bit too far but if you're going to go full burn and full penguin go for it why not and it goes back to the zoo all these goons they're waiting for him he's like yeah i'm not cobble pot anymore i'm penguin we're gonna fuck this city up we're gonna kill the firstborn of all of gotham's elites 
and all the goons are there, and they're like one of them, <laughs> one of the. I love that. Yeah. This is the best thing ever, man. Because this, this is what you think about every villain ever. Every villain henchman, do they ever question the Joker? Do they ever question the person they're working for, this insane madman? Whether it be a James Bond villain or the billionaire guy they're working for, the henchman, the loyal ones, whatever. Do they ever question the horrific things they're told to do? And this is the guy who does. And this is why none of them actually do question it, because they get shot. Because this guy, but the way he says it, he's like, uh... I don't know. I didn't really sign up for killing babies, Penguin. Are you yeah, sure? It's about just like, it's just like, isn't it a little? Uh... And he, he knows what he's going to say, so and he shoots him. It's like, no, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it's a little bit too far, isn't it? It's like, and then Penguin just shoots him with the umbrella gun again. How can you not like that, man? He shoots him with the umbrella gun, and he goes, "No, we're going to fucking do this shit." So then we cut over another really uh, kind of fairly iconic scene I would like to think of this film Shrek's party so this is where um, everyone it's like a costume kind of party for rich people so they're all wearing those like masks and sticks on it and this is exactly what happens in The Dark Knight Rises right yeah so you know I mean I know everyone praises that trilogy the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy and everything but not all of that is as original as people give it credit for and this is one of those things you got this like this rich people party where they're dancing around and Bruce Wayne and Celine Carl dance together, just like yeah. Christian Bell and Anne Hathaway do. Yeah. But I, I exactly think it's 20 years later. Yeah, I think it's interesting though in this that, you know, everyone except them is wearing masks, which is yeah. Yeah, ironic because, you know, for yeah, most yeah. of the film, they are actually wearing masks themselves. But I like, um, one thing I did notice about this, two things really. I love... Um, just a very brief uh, moment of Christopher Walken in his mask. I, I like his. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know why, but just like a, maybe like 30 seconds of this between him meeting Christopher Walken and meeting um, Selena, it feels like like a scene from a Bond film. I don't know why. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, because he steps out in this tuxedo. And this is the first time where I really think Michael Keaton is finding his Bruce Wayne. This is what Bruce, This is my image of Bruce Wayne, where he's like tuxedo in this party and he's dancing, and he's like, "Yeah, this is a bit. This is giving me James Bond vibes." But again, I would really have liked to have seen. I'm not dissing Michael Keaton, but it would have been nice to have seen how someone else would have done this Bruce Wayne. Imagine. I, I remember when I was watching last night. I went, "Imagine That's just Pierce awesome. Brosnan in this moment would have been That's fucking good. amazing." So we're at the party, right? And Batman and Catwoman. Yeah, they don't have any masks. And that's obviously important because they're the, only, they're the only ones who do wear masks, but then they're not in this party. Everyone else is masked up, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, this is just an incredible performance from uh, Michelle Pfeiffer because she's like having this kind of monologue with Bruce Wayne where she's laughing and crying and kissing all at the same time and just... The internal, the, the acting she's doing there is absolutely fantastic. The just the inner conflicts that she's displaying there, amazing, amazing acting there, and um, it all leads up to um, this mistletoe line from before when you know she licks his face. You know, um, mistletoe can be deadly, can, uh, kiss can be even deadlier, and that is when they realise she's Batman, or he's Batman, and she's Catwoman, and like, and she has this great line where she's like, "Does this mean we have to start fighting now?" Yeah. And, it's just um, like, oh, no, let's go outside for now. Yeah, let's go outside. And I thought that was fantastic. I liked really, that, yeah. 
I mean, maybe the best part of this film, actually, if we're talking objectively speaking, just this whole dance, Catwoman, Batman, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I feel that unlike, you know, in 66 and 89, this is one of those only times where the Batman, like, you know, failing to keep his identity secret with, you know, a woman actually works. You know, mm. it doesn't take you out of the film. It doesn't make you roll your eyes when you see it happen. I almost did. But then, I, uh, you know, with the rest of the context of this film, I was like, OK, this actually works. And, you know, her, like, sort of funny line afterwards also helps smooth it over a bit. You know, saying, oh, yeah, do we have to fight now in the party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this outside. whole scene is really, really well done, really well executed. Probably, of all the, of all the stuff that happens in this film, probably the bit that stands out and stands up the best, you know, in, in, in terms of what would fit in, you know, Chris Nolan film or something. I mean, in a sense, it literally did, because Chris Nolan copied and pasted this and put it in The Dino Rises, but then without the reveal... And I think you're right. Of all the times Batman's revealed his identity to someone, this one was the best way of doing it because it was it was accidental. But at the same time, the person he was revealing his identity to was revealing theirs to him. So I think that really works very nicely. And if you're going to reveal Batman's identity, someone, I think that's a nice way to do it. Yeah. But anyway, so there comes you go. a giant explosion. <laughs> yeah, we get right back to the bullshit. There's an explosion. And that did take that took me by surprise again. Another another thing, like you didn't expect yeah. him just to turn up by like yeah. blowing up the floor while they're yeah. still in the building. He, but he blows a perfect circle into this hole, and um, and rises up on on the on the rubber duck, and this is where you're like, okay, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and he's come for Chip Shrek. <laughs> what a name! Yeah, some shit. That he really is a super villain now. Oh yeah, now he's gone. He's gone full penguin, and he makes a great little speech. He's like, "Yeah, well, you posh fucks, you know, you come here for this party to dress like jerks, and and dance badly." I love that line. I love that. Yeah. But Danny DeVito's penguin is fan fucking tastic for what he has to work with as as portraying a man who's raised by penguins. The actual lines and his performance, the things he does. Fantastic. I think Danny DeVito's Penguin is 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 excellent. And and this is just one of those lines. And for you all to he's just gone, he's like slagging off all these rich people and you dance badly. Fantastic. Um so that's how Penguin enters and uh and he's looking like say for, for fucking Chip Shrek and um and Max Zorin goes out and he's like, no, you don't want him. If you want to see someone fucking decaying in the acid and the toxic shit that I pre-appeared. Yeah, by the way, everyone, I'm a fucking villain here. Me and Penguin, we got, we're got we going to sort this out. And just just go go back to your knives, you know, while we, we have this little chat here. Um, so Max lays it all out on the, on the, on the, on the, lays all his cards out and he's like, yeah, don't, don't take my son, take me. Which I'm like, oh, okay, so this, 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 this fucking villain, like, okay, he really loves his son, man. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, he didn't love his son enough to give him a normal name, but, you know. <laughs> But at least you're like, okay, well, you, you know, you, you're not letting someone else suffer for your own actions. Okay, you know, fair enough. So he takes the place of his son, but by this time it's too late because you've got all the baby snatchers in Gotham <laughs> literally going out, chitty chitty bang bang style, kidnapping children. We're, we're back at Penguin's HQ. So 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 obviously Penguin takes uh, uh, Christopher Walken back to his un- underground base, you know, the abandoned fucking igloo. And uh, and you just have this really comic book imagery where Max Zorin is in a cage, Christopher Walken, he's in a cage suspended above this green toxic waste and Penguin is there like, yeah, you know, it's, it's game over, you know. 
And there's there's a random monkey as well there that's like... <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think it must be that single trained monkey they've used in every single film ever. Yeah, again, um, this is like, is this the same monkey from Indiana Jones as well? Like, <laughs> work it... I think this 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 monkey is like just working because that monkey in Indiana Jones is like working for the Nazis, and then you've got maybe this monkey's just a gun for hire, you know? He just like <laughs> yeah, maybe like, you're home when you, need something, yeah. when you need a job doing by a monkey. This is the guy you go to, yeah, man. Like he does a good job, and then this one he's passing notes from Batman, going yeah, ah uh, yeah, sorry, um, the children can attend. And actually, yeah. uh, interesting note is uh, Bob Kane. This is in his handwriting. Um, is that right? Note. Yeah, um, which I thought was nice because you know they'd done it before in the previous film as well with his little signature. And um, another little fun fact about this monkey is that um, it was actually quite terrified of um, uh, Dan Devito's makeup. You know, un- you know, unsurprisingly, but you know. Uh, they had a little difficulty in getting it to sort of like, you know, not shit itself, really? he's acting with them. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, there you go. So then um, Penguin delivers a riling speech to his Penguin army, which is, yeah, just unbelievable. And all these penguins have little rockets on them and little tinfoil hats on. <laughs> just the imagery is just ridiculous. Yeah, I like, uh, I always, yeah, with this little like mechanical penguin army, I always thought, hmm. But the way that Batman thoughts it is like interesting. At least he just hacks into that frequency with Alfred. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you've got. Although what's got, he? Yeah. What's he actually um, driving? Because I don't know what you call it. You know, the bat ski, the bat. I've written the it bat down here as bat ski. Yeah. So Alfred's like, okay, let me check out what's going on. Oh, okay. There's this penguin army closing in on the city square. Um, penguin gets into his duck, which becomes a car, and. Um, didn't see that one coming. This is where the, the plot just it starts, you know, they, they just, they're just, okay, the film's ending, we don't give a fuck anymore. Let's just yeah, get all this shit done. Because I don't know why Penguin's attacking the plaza right now, but he's doing so, he's, he's abandoned. Yeah, it's the like, guy oh, to kill 100,000 people. I'm like, I don't oh, know. yeah, he's like, oh, we're going to kill 100,000 people. And Christopher Walken is going, oh, that's fucked up. I'm like, mate, you pushed your fucking secretary out of a building earlier. You admit openly to your son that you kill people. You want to suck all the energy out of Gotham, yeah? And you're, like, raising your eyebrow at fucking 100k people dying. Since when were you the moral compass of this fucking film? Anyway, no, you've I got... Um, <laughs> Penguin's just like, oh, okay, so I couldn't kill all the babies. That's a shame, obviously. So now I'm going to go and blow up Gotham. So, uh, so he goes out in his duck car... And um, and then Batman comes out in the bat ski. Sorry, no. First of all, Batman, yeah, with Alfred makes yeah, the they penguins. Fought, yeah, they fought the penguins and they send them all the way back to the uh, zoo. Yeah, they they literally make the penguins do a one eighty, right? And and then it's like this this oh yeah, that's right. This countdown is going on, right? <laughs> There's a countdown going on. It's like ten, nine, and then in exactly the same voice. Something is wrong. Yeah. Penguins turning back. Like you, you're not a robot, lady. You can actually, you can emote if you like. You can use yeah, your voice. I you don't have to talk like that. Going on with that, but yeah, yeah. Um, Penguin is like all sorts of weird goons. It's like not even really questionable. But yeah, this is real. Like, this is Tim Burton shit going on now. But no, then I, yeah, I um, if you get like you know Tim use Tim Burton excuse for literally everything. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not in a bad way. I'm not saying anything bad about Tim Burton. Once again. Yeah, yeah. I thank Tim Burton for what he did for the image of Batman, you know, right man at the right time, but can't be too surprised at not being invited back for a third film. 
to be fair, after yeah, this. Some of the choices here, but... Strange yeah. stuff. No less than this next scene, because uh, Batman in his bat ski shoots out of the um, out of the zoo and, you know, destroys Penguin's uh, duck. And, um, yeah, and they have a little... Doing it, but... Yeah, they have a little standoff here where um, where Batman goes, yeah, look, whatever. And then Penguin just looks over and it's just like... <laughs> it's like from fucking Lord of the Rings or Gladiator. You've got, you know, you look to the hills and you see the army there lined up, you know, ready to attack. But it's a fucking bunch of penguins with rockets on their back. And, um, and they just destroy this zoo. So, you know, that happens. Uh, in, amidst, in amidst all the chaos, uh, Christopher Walken has managed to trick the monkey into giving him the keys to escape from his cage. And this is where I'm like, what the fuck was Chris Walken thinking when he was filming this scene? He's like already in this Batman film, which is probably a bit of a risk for him to sign up for. But he probably thought, OK, Jack Nicholson, he did this. He looks amazing. I'm going to be in the sequel and I'm going to be amazing. Instead, he's trying to bake keys off a fucking monkey that's working for the penguin. So... <laughs> yeah. This is where Chris Walken's character is amazing, but this is where it ties back to the beginning where I'm like, he doesn't really... Yeah, a place, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's anyway. in a hostage situation, even though he's a villain, which is interesting, I guess. It is, it is. But anyway, so he man, he thinks he's escaped from this cage, but then Catwoman shows up to extract, extract revenge on the man that killed her. For some reason, Chris Walken hasn't worked out that she is Selina Cole, even though half of her mask is torn apart. Batman shows up as well Walken is, is cornered Catwoman's about to kill him Batman shows up and he's like uh, he's he's there and, and we get this bit he's he's talking he's trying to talk Selena Kyle out of this and you get one shot you have Batman there in his full mask makeup then we cut back to him and it's the same it's the same shot just without eye makeup his eye makeup has vanished right and then he tears off his mask which is like made of some kind of rubber and it's just shit and he doesn't even tear it off properly. You've yeah, got, it's a bit li- yeah, really annoying. I hate that. I don't know, that really bugs my OCD. It doesn't tear off around the neck. It tears off like like below his jaw or something and like it's still covering his ear and the back of his head. It's like, oh, it reminds me of Darth Vader. Like, it reminds know. me of Darth Vader in Star Wars when you see his fucked up face and it's just like part of the machine is like around his head. It's like, if you're going to take it, like you could have, like take took it off neatly not to tear it off like it's rubber it looks yeah well you know he's got like you know 500 copies you know like spares in the back so you can just pick another one up i know but they could have done it better. they could have just like take the whole thing off man don't fucking tear it off like it's made of the weakest fucking rubber in the world yeah it makes you question how he survives all you know being yeah i've been shot no let alone the eye makeup thing you know i mean every batman does this apart from robert patterson but every Batman does this way. You see them with the eye makeup, and then they take off the mask, and you, and they don't have eye makeup, and everyone ignores that. But and this is the worst way of doing it because you cut him with eye makeup, and then Batman mask without eye makeup, so you see like the skin around his eyes. Just terrible. Um, and and then yeah, and then <laughs> you get a great line from Christopher Walken here though, and he goes, Bruce. Why are you dressed up like Batman? He's <laughs> like, he is Batman, you idiot. Yeah, and he's genuinely confused. He's like, Bruce, okay, well then cue just to Bruce Wayne because he's obviously done a good job at, you know, hiding his identity against all odds, against fucking Alfred letting people into the Batcave on a guided fucking tour. 
Oh, and uh, oh, here we have Batman. Come and meet him. Here he is. Did you know he's actually Bruce Wayne? There you go. <laughs> what the fuck, Alfred? But anyway, um, yeah, so you've got this, and then um, Chris Walken shoots Batman. He shoots Selina Kyle three or four times, and he's like, oh, you're just taking lives off me. I've got nine lives. How many bullets have you got? Bang. Six lives left. Bang. Seven lives left. Or whatever. It's just fucking stupid at this point. Um, and then she's got about two lives left and she's like, oh, well, I'll save the other one for next Christmas. And then she kisses him with a taser in between them. And that yeah, is how... I don't understand that much. I mean, it's a, uh, what's it called? Again, something coming back, you know, just a little from the start of the film. That taser she picks up after Batman, yeah. like, you know, downs that goon. But... Same taser. I, I don't understand if she, like, tased into death, but why she tase herself as well? Like, what? Well, she, she's obviously sat there thinking, well, I've just wasted, I've got nine lives. I've just wasted about six of them on one gun, right? So I might as well just, you know, use one up here. And then after this, since I've come across, I've got one more life and I'm just going to live that until I die of natural causes. But who knows? Because, yeah, she kisses a taser. <laughs> and Batman is watching all this going down and he's like, whoa, what the fuck, man? And and then, yeah, the whole zoo's starting to crash down and Batman's like looking through the rubble, presumably for Sin in the car, and he finds Christopher Walken's corpse, which looks ridiculous. Like, it's like... Yeah, I did turn, I was like, what? Like, what the fuck has this film become now? Um, and, th- and this is not the last of the fucking monstrosity that this the ending of this film becomes, because we get the penguin <laughs> who comes back, and this is quite funny because this is all an, another a lot of build-up that pays off because he p- pulls out the wrong umbrella. It's the children's one again. And he's like, oh, shit. And and he dies because this is like his dying movement. His dying movement was to go and kill Batman. But then he pulls out the wrong umbrella and he's like, oh, fuck. And then he falls flat on his face. <laughs> and then we get the penguin pool bearers <laughs> marching oh, him into yeah. the... They all just pop out the side. The they good like, well, there's like six of them. He's sliding on his front into the into the water, and uh, it's like the penguin's funeral, and it's like, what the actual fuck am I watching? But Batman has just seen everyone die, so he's like, all right, I'm getting out of here now, and uh, I've I've seen everything. I've seen this stupid corpse. I've seen someone kiss a taser. I've seen fucking a, a penguin funeral. I'm done here. So. Then we cut to um, Alfred once again in the Rolls Royce. Uh, Batman thinks he sees Catwoman in an alleyway. He's still hung up on her. You know, he's been pricked. He's never got to bang her, right? So he's like, oh, shit, I missed out there. And he says, yeah, Merry Christmas, Alfred. Good good will to all men and women. Because is this the whole point of the film? To show a sexist Gotham and Bruce Wayne at the end realizing men and women are equal. I think maybe <laughs> is that the subliminal yeah, message? Batman's, yeah, Bruce Wayne's journey to realizing, you know, <laughs> his own iniquities, you know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Bruce, Wayne, okay. Bruce Wayne's <laughs> journey to feminism. <laughs> yeah, while also murdering people, but you know. Yeah. And we finally uh, cut to the bat symbol in the sky, and Catwoman showing up again. Just, just in case you thought the weirdness was over, no, you get Catwoman silhouette. And that's it. That was Batman Returns, 1992. This is the section of the show where we rank various elements within the Batman films that we're reviewing all up against each other. So this is the third one. So now we have Batman. Obviously, this is the same Batman. I think we're keeping Michael Keaton's Batman above 
Um, Bruce Wayne's Batman. Uh, sorry, um, Adam West. Adam West Batman. Bruce Wayne. Now, does the Bruce Wayne in this film make you want to put him above? Because last week we put Adam West Bruce Wayne above Michael Keaton's. Do we want to change that now? We've seen a little bit more of what Michael Keaton can do as Bruce Wayne. But was it significantly enough and better to put him above Adam West? Do we revise this or not? Hmm. Yeah, I feel that with Adam West's one, at least, you know, me having not seen much of the series, in the film you only really see him talking with, you know, um, you know, Alfred and, you know, uh, but, and the police occasionally. I mean, mm-hmm. and I like that, you know, he's got, you know, the, uh, the Max Shrek to contrast him as well yep. in this. And I yep. feel this probably would, in my books, push him above Adam West's Bruce Wayne. In the previous one, he kind of hadn't, didn't really, hadn't, he hadn't found himself yet, I guess, um, and didn't really, you know, have much of a presence on screen. I mean, he still doesn't, you know, stick out that much, um, but especially, you know, more towards the end of the film, he's able to uh, assert himself a bit, especially in that scene of the tuxedo, you know, the mask yeah. party. He is, you know, a very good Bruce Wayne there. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. he's made a massive improvement in this, so I think that's what pushes him back up. Okay, um, I, I, I'll go along with that. I think I agree. I think oh, just on the strength, you're right, because he gets a bit of boardroom action. He gets a bit of, you know, like you say, in the party. I think, that yeah, that definitely all works as Bruce Wayne. I'll go along with that one. So we don't have a Robin, we don't have a Joker, we do have a Penguin. So Burgess Meredith's Penguin and Danny DeVito's. Now, I just want to, like, finish. I've praised Danny DeVito a lot, but I'm not really focused on it. I think his portrayal of the Penguin is really fantastic. And the way the acting and the real the conflictions he faces and really like a tragic playing a tragic character where you feel empathy and, and you feel sorry for him and you're rooting for him at some points but then he's also a villain so you and he does these these fucked up things as well where you're like oh shit and he, he actually does quite a number on batman because he successfully frames him he successfully hacks the batmobile and he's got a lot of cool penguin stuff he also has a lot of bullshit in terms of like the fucking the penguin funeral and no, i thought and, the penguin funeral was kind of funny almost Ah, oh, it was ridiculous, though. It was ridiculous, man. I didn't I mean, yeah, just for, some of the And, and it's not like he's even sinking that deep. He's, it's like a, a, a pool for kids, man. It's like two foot deep <laughs> water. Do you know what I mean? But oh, I don't know. I mean, they did have to fill that with like half a million liters of water, apparently. So, you good know, point. I and, and you know what? Thinking about it, because I think, right, we've only, by the end of the suit, there's only been three penguins Budge, Meredith, Danny DeVito, and Colin Farrell. And they're all very good penguins. You know, I think they're all they're all good in their own right. So I think, yeah, we're going to put Danny DeVito first. Yeah. Not a slight on Burgess Meredith, though. He's a very good penguin as well in the series and the film. Shame we can, uh, you know, make it to be the father in this, but... Ah, oh, yeah, that would have been amazing. Just like, well, I don't know if we said this last time, but Adam West was nearly cast as Thomas Wayne. In, oh, I didn't know. Uh, don't know if you knew that, yeah. Catwoman. I think we're putting Michelle Pfeiffer above. Oh, yeah. Not from Kitka, man. Uh, yeah, I think again as well, similar to what I said about uh, Daniel Vertus portrayal of the Penguin. Very, you could say the same things about Michelle Pfeiffer. Very convincing. Um, I, I think she has some really exceptional displays of just these inner conflicts and the duality within her, where she's fighting against herself. The bit where, especially in the dance, where she's la- laughing and crying, etc. She looks fantastic. She looks really amazing. And 
and in, in, in a suit as well in a costume she really got into the role i think she did a fantastic performance i think this catwoman will maybe i mean i think for sure we're going to put her first but i'm going to be very interested to see when we come up against other catwomans and how she's going to finish up in our rankings as well at the end of this series because i think a catwoman is very good and it's going to be very tough for others to compete, apart from maybe her origin and where she falls 50 foot, uh, 50 stories and then gets revived by cats nibbling her fingers. I don't know. Other yeah. than that, she does some very like insane things, like, you know, a lot of like unhinged stuff where you really believe she's like, well, she's really lost it. She's really unhinged, you know, and um, that convinces me. And I really like that. And I think that's again, Tim, that's really Tim Burton's, a lot of credit goes to him because he's just very good at doing these characters that are twisted and unhinged and what would someone like that do and this is why his villains are so um so strong and so identifiable because they're they're just they're very convincing in their insanity and their motives i think that's obviously a very important thing to have for villains you know so yeah i'd have to say the villain the villain cast in this is extremely well very strong i'd say you know yeah. um, the three of them together are well they're not not single-handedly uh, individually able to sort of fill the void that Jack Nicholson left, but the fact that all three of them together are able to definitely sort of fill in the void of you know a big villain, you know, um, they're they're able to make up for the fact that he's not there. I feel. Yeah, and they're all good because they all provide different um, di- like different challenges for Batman as well, right? Because Penguin is like the classic Batman supervillain, and then you've got um, Max Shrek, who, like you said, is like the Bruce Wayne kind of villain. And then you've also got Catwoman, who's like providing this romantic conflict as well as being a villain as well. So it yeah, is very nice. For them for a Bruce they all offer different Batman. challenges for him, which obviously helps the Batman character develop as well. Uh, Alfred and Gordon, I think they both remain, both of them yeah. below the ones from the from the Batman 1966. Alfred sucks. Gordon sucks even more. I mean, it uh, is nice at least you get to see Alfred a bit more in this, and he gets a little bit more involved. The Batmobile, obviously staying number one, gets to do even more. Although the fucking dildo that it turns into is pissing me off, man. But we'll pretend that never happened. The next one is the Bat suit. So this suit is just the same one from the 89 with some slight enhancements. Yeah, could so you count as a separate one? I don't I know. Think so. I yeah, think so. Perhaps. It, yeah, perhaps. Because it's physically different. The suit from 89 above the suit from 66. Yeah. yeah. And then we have the love interest. So... I don't know. Yeah, I think, well, obviously, Selena Carl's the love interest here. And is it better than Vicky Vale? I think it is better, personally, minus, you know, the weird, uh, you know, sexual scenes, which kind of are like, eh, yeah, I don't want to build into it. I think just on the Vicky Vale's character was good, but I don't know. I never really bought into it that much. I didn't care about it that much. Whereas in this film, it is very crucial, and I think I'm convinced by it. I'm convinced that these two kind of twisted kind of characters and their duality that they, you know, they do have a connection on that level. And and just didn't, again, we keep coming to that scene in the party where they're dancing. Amazing. And I think that's on that strength alone, let alone the rest of the things that happen, I think, yeah, we've got to put this above Kim Basinger's Vicky Vale, a number one, right? Yeah. Then that leaves us with the all-important Sigma male moments. So what did you pick out from this film that you would put up there as like the most Sigma line? 
I feel it's actually Max Shrek's moment where yeah, she says, like, you know, it's not like you can just kill me. And he says, actually, it's a lot like that. He's just like, yeah, I can just murder people when I feel like it. Good, good Pretty shout, stunner, good shout. You had another and one? And he actually does. I've got to say, Max Zorin, oh, sorry, Chris Walken, he does have some good lines here because he has that one. And then there's another bit which I forgot to say when just before he fries fucking, uh, he gets fried by a Catwoman. He goes, he goes to well, whatever he's, he goes, you're, Selena, you're, you're fired. fired. Like, okay, <laughs> we knew that already. It's not like, you know, oh, you were thinking about it earlier, were you? But no, I mean, yeah, I'm completely fired. fired after he tried to murder her, you know. But someone but, saying you're fired and pointing to them, you're fired, is never not cool. So, yeah. and if it's Christopher Walken doing it, even better. Yeah, so I did like goes, that scene. You're fired. It's very cool. It <laughs> makes no sense in that moment. But, it's kind of funny, so... Yeah, I don't know. I don't it's, it's not like you can kill me. Actually, it's a lot like that. That's the most singular moment, yeah? Yeah, that's what I'd say. I'm with that. It's, and where are we going to rank it sick. against Batman 66, which is number two, where he's going, oh, I'm a capitalist with loads of cash on me, and Joker, I didn't ask. It definitely goes... I think it goes between them. It's, it's definitely a lot... Um, I think it's a lot more sigma than saying, oh, yeah, I have this because I'm rich. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm a capitalist, but it's nothing. Nothing I don't think will will beat like uh, I didn't ask, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be tough to top. Because I've that, I've that totally into my, my brain now, basically. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so we're settled on that. So, by the way, if you haven't seen it already, check out. We did actually a, a, a YouTube short where you can see um, on our channel. We did. We actually did a, a Sigma clip of Joker going. I didn't ask. We're not going to do that for Chris Walken. But what I will say is this is probably the biggest critic you can make of Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne, where he's in two films and he never won the most Sigma moment. Bit of a disappointment. He's not, yeah, he's not much of a Sigma in this film or the one before. No, not much of a Sigma. Disappointment, yeah. Uh, Bruce Wayne meant to be the Sigma male icon of these. At least an alpha male, but he's, he's nothing. Man. But what can you do? So, so I've... Just nearly got to the end of finishing editing this episode when I realised, fuck, we didn't actually do a ranking for the for the film. So we're going to, we're recording this bit now. I'm going to add it in. So yeah, we forgot to fucking uh, add a ranking for this film. So Henry, we gave Batman 89, 8.7. That's at number one. And then at number two, we have Batman 1966 at a ranking of 6.6. .6. So what do you want to give Batman Returns? Personally, I, I, uh, I thought this over a bit, and I would probably give it a 7.1, uh, oh. because I feel it just... If a film's a 7, then it's a film that I would see again. Mm -hmm. But this only just breaks into that, because, you know, it's not, like, ter you know, it's not terrible like a lot of people I, you know, hear said about it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not, you know, it would definitely not be my first choice of Batman films to revisit uh, I'll probably see this like maybe in two years or something. That's Whereas... the I, I can't see myself watching this again. It's just, I, even though it does have some really memorable moments and and uh, and yeah, it's just I, I I don't feel like I want to revisit this film again. When I rewatched it, I was kind of like, uh, I mean, I, I like that some of the bits got me again, like that it had the same effect on me the second time upon viewing. So it did have rewatchable value there. Um, but I mean, for me, it just didn't quite. It's not something I want to revisit. I think seven point one. 
I don't know because it's such a mixed bag of a film. There's some really yeah, good things in it, and there's some really like stuff. Where I'm just like, nah, I just don't like this. It's yeah, it's hard good. though because I can't, I can't really put it below Adam West's one. No, definitely not. Um, I th- seven point one. Perhaps a perhaps a six point. Hmm. I don't know six bit. I think we can give it a, dead, a seven dead, and then I'd feel happy with that. I think a seven. Just because it's 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 good. I, I don't want to, you know, it's not a bad film by any stretch of imagination, but it's also like, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it might be the Christopher Walken effect. <laughs> I don't that's know. The, I, one of the only reasons I'd rewatch it. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many good, so many good moments in it, but there's so many like ridiculous ones as well, which yeah. I I genuinely don't want to see again. I don't want to see the fucking penguin funeral again, you know, some dumb no, shit. I, I'd watch it again for the penguin funeral. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Um, so how about, I think seven is is good for me. I mean, it's yeah. it's definitely not as good as Batman 89. It's not even close. Um, but it's, and it's obviously better than Batman 66, but not by a huge distance. I kind of have similar feelings towards it where i'm like i don't know there's a lot of dumb shit in it there's a lot of iconic shit but infamous moments more than like wow you know like yeah like that face you know the face a little smile yeah stupid shit like that that concludes our ranking review of batman returns you will be will be uh back next week to do batman forever which i've never seen before i've gone my whole life successfully avoiding that film and now i've tricked myself into watching it so this is going to be for the first time in the series where i'm going to be watching a film for the first time is it same for you or have you seen batman forever no i haven't seen this one before so you know here we go well we're both coming into it knowing what to expect but not really i'm kind of excited to see because jim carrey's in it um tom Tom lee jones he's in it as well tommy lee jones sorry as two-faced I think it's going to be quite interesting, like seeing what goes on. Val, Kil- Val Kilmer as Batman, different director Joel Schumacher. So a lot of things is going to change, but it's part of this universe again. So I yeah, Alfred won't change though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the most important thing. I'm so glad they keep the same Alfred and Commissioner Gordon because they definitely didn't need changing. Yeah, we'll see if so, Commissioner Gordon actually gets like more than five seconds of screen time. Yeah, he gets a line in this. He's not just an extra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, um, until then, thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube. It's all there in the description. So make sure you check us out there. So next episode will be Batman Forever next weekend. So yeah, I'll see you all then. Yep, yeah, same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>